Listening to ABQ Central. Well, to be fair. 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 With your host, Van Nunley and Fred Slow. This is going to be so good. 95.9 FM, 610, the sports animal. The cream of the crop. And talkabq.com. Turn it up. Turn it up. Oh my God, it's Saturday morning in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I'm downtown at Bourbon and Boots, and you're listening to ABQ Central, and I'm going to be your host today, Fred Slow, and alongside me is my best friend, currently at Bourbon and Boots with me, Van Nunley. Good morning, Van. How are you? All right, first off, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) Where did that come from? That's the energy I'm bringing to the program today. Well, I like that energy. I like the energy a lot. The results, not so much. So, so first of all, Bourbon and Boots, first thing in the morning, like downtown Albuquerque, New Mexico, it's a ghost town. It's a ghost town down here right now. But you can tell the night before there was a shootout at the OK Corral. Do you think so? No, no. But in here is so freaking clean right now because, like, the cleaning service is, like, doing work. Yes. I caught a glimpse of myself in... In, like, the men's room as I was, like, preparing for the show. And, okay. I, and I saw myself and I went, oh, my God, Fred Slow, uh, ready to do radio here in town. <laughs> so there you go. So that's me. I am Fred Slow. You are Van Nunley. On the ones and twos is Michael Vital. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Hello. All right. Right on cue every time. Good morning, Mikey. Good morning, Good Mikey. morning guys. Mike. Love you all, man. How you been? We're Aww. We're oh, all super gosh. good. Yeah. I, it has been a long time since I've complained about anything ever, really. Ever. I just don't. You're not a complainer. That is one thing about no. you. Well, there's a lot of positives in my life right now. Everything in my life is going really well outside of Black Widow. Underwhelmed, I see. I love Marvel movies. You do? Yeah. You, you say that often. I say it all. I li- I, we have done, today I believe is our two-year anniversary of the show. And if it's not, it was last week, but I was out of town. I think it was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. You were out of town. <laughs> so today we are celebrating the two-year anniversary of the show. Two-year, two-week anniversary. Yes. Or perhaps not to the day. Could be. Might also be next week. But today is the celebration day. And we're celebrating the two-year anniversary of the program down here at Bourbon and Boots, the intersection of 4th and Central. Uh, we're live here all morning. Doors open at 11, and we will be here. Well, we're going to do a little brunchy lunchy, boy. Come hang out with your boys. Yeah, come, come, come meet your boys. Hey, I'll tell you what. Well, okay, tell me. I'm so excited about hanging out and at I Bourbon and Boots today. It. Let's give away a $50 gift certificate. Hold up. You want to give away $50 to Bourbon and Boots today? With with no permission whatsoever from owner-operator Rich Baca. That's not true. I, I'm just going to do it without his permission <laughs> we, and just sign up somebody for $50, and he's going to pay it. We All right. Well, the thing about the thing is we absolutely have permission. Oh, oh okay. And scheduled to join us at 10 a.m. this morning, owner of Bourbon and Boots, owner slash, I guess, sometimes operator. Yeah. I've never... Never seen him do anything but schmooze while here. Well, I've seen him hold up the bar pretty well. Yeah. That thing Touché. would fall apart without him holding Touché. it up. So we're going to give away a $50 gift certificate to Bourbon and Boots downtown, the intersection of 4th and We Central. do a 10 o'clock hour? Let's do it at the 10 o'clock hour. After when, his interview. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Rich will join us at 10 and a little inside radio for the listener. Uh, he will wrap up with us about 1013. So yeah. we'll give it away right about that, that time. Uh, also joining us this morning, uh, immediately after Rich, at 1030, 
will be Jamie Lynn, uh, owner and operator of I-9 Sports. Uh, there's a lot going on with youth sports now that July, uh, just so I don't know if you know this, July was the official end to COVID-19. I got some bad news for you. Yeah. Yeah. What, it, what, it, what could it be? The Delta variant is on the rise. Mm, so I, I, don't, I don't mean to startle you, Fred, <sighs> but it's coming back. I looked up on my Freedom phone this morning, which does not censor information. Oh, okay. That uh, officially COVID-19 ended July 1st, 2021, and a return to the Mac was possible. Is this like a Al Gore inventing the Internet thing? Very similar. Okay. It's insanely okay. similar. Makes sense. So, so now that uh, all restrictions have been lifted for New Mexicans, uh, U Sports are in full swing. Uh, all joking aside, I-9 Sports does it about as safely and as well as anyone you can find as it, as it relates to exposing your child to, to sports. Now that everything's over with, yeah. except for that it's not, besides that. Yes. I-9 even kept these kids safe during the pandemic. Which was incredible. They did a good job during the yeah. pandemic. So we're going to talk with... Now that things are open, I can only imagine how amazing of a job they're doing. I a little bit... It's hard for me to fathom. Like, you were like, you can imagine. But to me, it's like, it's such a tall tale. It's such an endeavor to take on. Um, but we're going to break down how they did it and how they uh, they kept sports as a part of youth. Because I could do three hours on the importance of your Little League team or your Connie Mac team or your I-9 team or your YMCA team or your Boys and Girls Club team or your rec team or your travel team or your school team. Do you want me to keep going? Your church team. I could. There are more teams. But all those things to me mean the absolute world to the youth of the community. Uh, so we're going to talk with her about that. And then uh, we're efforting a special 930 guest. I'm excited about this Okay. One. So Connor, is it Connor? believe so. So Connor is a young man we met earlier this week. Uh, not a ton of like radio aspirations in his life at all, but he was like a young hustling kid who owns like a car detailing business in town and we needed our cars detailed. Hit it off with like gangbusters. Uh, super affordable. Did about the best job ever. Uh, so we're going to make sure we share his information with everyone who is a listener and a fan of the show because, uh, well, he just impressed us and like, hey, did a really good job professionally. Like, like, was all those things you look for when you're looking for a service? But, like, good young kid. Like, a super good kid. Very nice. So, Clean Coops is going to join us. Connor with Clean Coops. Um, he'll do that at 930. Uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll have some nerves about him. But but we'll I'm really excited it. to see I him. I am, too. He's such a wholesome young man. That's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. My it, car's never been cleaner. Literally, either. my car's never been cleaner. Yeah. Except for the day I bought it. Also, Still not even then. No. For my car. In my situation. The day I bought my car, not from a reputable dealership here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but from a seedy backdoor one, an enterprise dealership <laughs> in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, my goodness. When I bought it, I have a center console in the middle that you rest your elbow on. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. So when I bought it, I opened the center console. Guns or drugs? Drugs. Ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hidden in the top like center console thing. Is like a like a little dugout boy, like a little paraphernalia boy. Okay. And I, so I call up the Enterprise. I'm like, what the what? And they're like, yeah, we don't know, man. Oh. He's like, oh, sorry about that. That's Steve's. Yeah. Can you bring it back to the shop? And I'm like, no. But, I mean, if Steve really wants it, he can meet me at the center. That's how I became a faux drug dealer. Just, I said, Steve can meet me at the all-subs on, except it was St. Louis, Missouri. There's sure. no all-subs. 7-Eleven. What, what's the... The big store out there. Quick Trip? Quick Trip. Yeah. I've seen those before. Yeah, Quick Trip. They made their way out west. Yeah, there's some. So was that your first hand-to-hand? 
most of that story was fabricated as I didn't give it back. Oh, you didn't? No. Huh. It's a jerk move. Well. Somebody's out there feeding for crap really <laughs> bad that day. I just hucked it. Really? I hucked it. You didn't keep it? No. It was pot marijuanas, and it wasn't legal yet. Oh, you didn't know me yet. You would have gave it to <laughs> oh, me. God, okay. You <laughs> handed it straight <laughs> over to me. Michael, this past Sunday, Van and I attended the TBT. Did you hear about this this week? Yes, I sure did. Uh, the alumni oh. game, right? Because they play a game. Yes. We had so much fun. It was a heck of an event, Fred. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I had a blast. It was fun seeing all the alumni. The three-point contest and dunk contest was must-see TV. And then the end of the game was very exciting. I Yes, I agree to a million percent on what you're saying. Um, I think there are probably – give me a number. 4,000 fans, 5,000 fans. How many people do you think were there? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that many. So uh, that many fans were in attendance at the TBT this past Sunday. And I tell you what um, – I was just blown away by the energy because, like, you have been telling me for years. Because I've been in Albuquerque, New Mexico for four years now. We've been on the radio program for two. Did a little TV before that. Yeah, we did. And uh, and you were you were like, hey, Fred, when the Lobos are the Lobos. And I'm like, That's, that sentence doesn't make sense. And you were like, when the Lobos. Oh, you'll know. Yeah. You'll say, you'll like, there's a different energy about it. I was like, sure there is, Van, says every city with a college across the country. Sure. Well, you were right this past Sunday. There was an excitement. Shout out to J.R. Giddens winning the MVP of the game and winning the slam dunk contest. That's doing it all. He threw some down. That was fun to watch. Kick and still play. Big shout out to Anthony Mathis. Yes, the look. For just demolishing the three-point contest. <laughs> first, ra- first round. Okay. Lobo alum. Yes. Anthony Mathis was 11 for 11 for three-pointers. Is that real? That's insane. In the three-point competition? Yes. If you didn't catch On the, fire. Three-point competition I know is available through ProView. RJJ uh, Buck and super talented sportscaster here in town, Sebastian Noel, uh, called that live. And it was about as entertaining as anything could be as we were staying there in Booth. Uh, the game was good. The turnout was good. The skills competitions were good. The national anthem was good. The the camaraderie, the fellowship, everything was good related to this thing, um, specifically the play on the court. This TBT team is going to win some games. This TBT team, which I believe is in Wichita today, is that correct? Yeah, they should have got in last night. Okay. First games are today. They play tomorrow. And I believe Still I may be water. wrong. Still water. And it's on uh, the sh- the game should be on our blood fl- feud rivalry of a station called ESPN. Uh, ESPN three. It'd be on the three. It's on the three. The trace, yeah. not the ocho. No. So the Wichita region is, but it starts yesterday. I just want to make sure I'm getting all this right. So if you haven't started, you got a day to catch up on. But. The schedule of games was they started yesterday, and then our boys, you believe, play tomorrow. Is tomorrow, that I believe it is game eight. Game eight tomorrow. Be the last one tomorrow. Okay, well, there you go. So, anyways, check out check out the boys' team enchantment. I am often wrong, and I don't research stuff on other networks, so you should check it out yourself, loyal I listener. I really like that. I have the schedule up in front of me. 
and it looks as if I was correct. You are correct. It's How about that? Which you so often are. You so often are correct. 50-50 probably. So it's tonight. You're absolutely wrong. So Saturday today, seven seventeen. the game is tonight. Team Enchantment taking on the Stillwater Stars. See, I was half right. So they will get a big win today against the Stars, and they will go on to play tomorrow. And that will be at the – that will be the last game. So that would be 9 Eastern, 7, seven Mountain. So check them out tonight. Uh, Kenny Thomas – hung out with Kenny Thomas earlier this week. I'm going to tell you about that when we get back from break. Sounds good. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots as we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV this week. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with I-9 Sports because we're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. I didn't have my headphones on, so I apologize. I lost track of time. That's remote production. That's remote production. Sure. <laughs> we got distracted, Michael. The city is opening up downtown. And the views here at Bourbon & Boots, it's like uh, it's 180 degrees of windows. Yeah. You, you can, can just see, see the world. You can see everything. See the world that surrounds you. Shout out to friend of the show, friend in real life, Andrew. Okay. Bought us breakfast this morning. That was incredible. How about that? Yeah, that's an incredible little thing. Had us a Blake's burritos and coffee it's delivered. It's a staple. It's a New Mexico staple. Blake's is it. I'm going to be honest with you on Blake's. It misses me often. Blake's misses me. Blake's has very hot chili. Yeah. And you can't handle Can the chili. Not handle the chili. I try. I put in the work. You try the red chili? Try the red? So I can often do red better than I can do green, except many New Mexican know how to make the green, I mean the red, as hot as the green, because there's there's a talent. Like, no one here cares about taste, but they care about temperature. I'm going to tell you the cheat code right now, Fred. Okay. If you want to eat red chili, you need to go to a restaurant in Old Town, or a restaurant in Santa Fe. All right. Why? I don't know. Oh, tourist. Tourist. Yeah. You smart. need to get that tourist red for the old Anglo Saxons who are visiting the region and they don't want to kill them. You're not incorrect. Yeah. I had red chili a couple weeks ago. Me and the girlfriend are over at the girlfriend's friend, if that makes sense. And she's made some sort of red chili Cassie boy. It's like a. I don't know, you, like a, it's either an enchilada or a tortilla. Enchilada casserole. Or a, or like a, there's You've other versions. You've been here four years. I'm learning. <laughs> but it's like a lasagna of like south of the border foods. 
Okay. Yeah. Enchilada casserole. Yeah, I put or it in pan enchiladas. I drank an entire gallon of milk, and I could not calm my mouth. Okay. That's how hot it was. It was insane. I couldn't tell you if it tasted good because I couldn't taste afterwards. Wow. This past Thursday night, me, friend of the program, Jared Hart, went down to Frank's Chicken and Waffles. Are you familiar with this? Very. Okay. So it's the intersection of Zuni before, and Washington. Before I went full-blown hippie. Okay. Turned into a vegetarian. Yes. That was one of my favorite spots in town. Frank's Chicken and Waffles is one of your favorite spots in town. Correct. There's a very short list of things you have said that surprise me ever. That is one of them. Okay. Does not surprise me. So, we go down to Frank's Chicken and Waffles, and you say, why, Fred? Why did you go to Frank's Chicken and Waffles? Hey, Fred, why did you go to Frank's Chicken and Waffles? Purple Kool-Aid. But the real answer. Purple Kool-Aid. They were doing a comedy roast. Of Kenny Thomas and J.R. Giddens. What? Nice. Of the things that I've, of the sentences I've ever put out into the world, were you prepared for that one? Well, I knew it was coming because I really wanted to go. Hosted by Amari and Buck D. They roasted former NBA and Lobo stars Kenny Thomas and J.R. Giddens. The thing to me that was the thing to me about this is, by the way, J.R. Giddens no-showed his own roast. I'm going to just put that out. In oh, the that is hilarious. It did not. Well, he's probably on the road to Wichita for the basketball You would tournament. assume. Yeah, you would assume he was yeah. in game mode already. Sure. Head coach of the enchantment team, the Lobo, or excuse me, Kenny Thomas, former Lobo, he was there. And this thing was a hoot. It was. Did you just say it was a hoot? It was a hoot. What are you, 130? Uh, yes. Born in 1880. <laughs> that make you 150. <laughs> so, there was like 10 local comedians, all very funny. I had no idea there was so much talent here in town. And they put poor. You thought J- we were the only ones, didn't you? Right. And they put J.R. Giddens through the ringer. And he wasn't even there. It was here are some jokes. I hope they skyped him. I'm gonna <laughs> I do think that Kenny Thomas was FaceTiming him during. That's hilarious. So my new best friend in all of comedy, Buck D, he drops this joke. He says he says, You know J.R. Giddings had twenty one career points in the NBA. That's the joke. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you got me. So anyways, we were down at Frank's Chicken and Waffles. It was about as much fun. And that's the thing that I, I kind of want to come full circle with all this is with Team Enchantment and UNM and Kenny Thomas coming back to town and, and some of these guys, it's more than just what's on the basketball court. It's community stuff. Isn't that cool? It's too cool. The You know, and, and I like talking about the game. I could be like, hey, they're going to go in and, you know, they're going to take on Stillwater coached by – uh, former ESPN analyst Doug Gottlieb, like you should even care about that, and and they're going to get through the first round and you know might struggle in their second round matchup or whatever, but they're not going to struggle with the positivity they're bringing to the community. Absolutely, yeah. So obviously Kenny, who and thank you to him, set in for me last week while I was out of the program. It was too it was too good of a week for basketball in UNM here in town. 
you were at the game, did you expect Coach Patino to come out? No, it was kind of like a nice little bonus. Well, he came out before, talked to the players, pumped them up. Right. Would you have hoped for a little a little fan something, a little public something? Yeah, I mean, my vibe was that he didn't want to take away from the alumni game. Mm-hmm. He wanted it to be about the players and the players' families. But, yeah, I kind of expected, you know, the new coach to come out and pump up the crowd and say, let's go Albuquerque. That's what I thought yo, would happen. Yeah, boys in town. That's what I thought it. would happen for sure. I thought Coach Patino would have came out and said, appreciate everyone coming out, appreciate everyone supporting. Can't wait for you to carry this support into the season. Can't wait. I'm still waiting for that announcement. Let's Crickets. Get, let's get him on the show. Crickets. Let's get him on the show yeah, next week. Yeah, there you go. Say it on air. Yep. I could not believe it, man. I'd love to get Coach Patino on the show and say, hey, we recognize you're a great coach. I got no doubt you can recruit. Can you play the game? I'm not talking about practice. Can you play the game? Can you hold the microphone up and say, Hey, oh, uh, that game. Yeah. I thought you meant like the actual game of basketball. No, I'm talking about. I'm sure he's pretty good at that. I'm not talking about hoops. I'm talking about hoopla. Okay. I'm talking about going out there and, and making that impact. And by the way, I have just recently decided to become the biggest UNM Lobos basketball fan. I saw the energy that was there. I For, told you. You didn't believe me. No. Remember this time last year we were doing a bunch of efforts to help COVID-19? We were doing a bunch of effort, food drives and. And a whole bunch of just anything we could to give back to the community. Well, we were helping people. We weren't helping COVID-19. Correct. That we would were, have been yeah. counterproductive. We were helping to combat COVID-19. There you go. Friend of the show, friend in real life, Libby Lil. Her and her organization helped us do that. She's the biggest Lobo fan in the world. She texts me at the game. She's like, come say hi to me and my family. We have so much excitement about being back here in the pit for the first time in fill in the blank. We go up there, her mascara is running because she's crying. She's so happy. We're like, yes, I love this energy. I'm the biggest UNM Lobo fan. I expected Coach Patino to come out. I don't think it was necessary that he had to come out. And maybe there's another event coming up where he wants to make his presence felt or he didn't feel like it was time. Events aren't finite. Right, there'll be plenty more. You go to all, do them all. But I don't know if there's, like, something in his contract. It has to be official Lobo event. Stop. That he can speak at. Stop. Or something. Maybe there's some loophole you think, in his contract. You think Eddie Nunez is pulling a Vince McMahon, and he's like, hey, dog, uh, can't really wear, like, the cherry and silver, like, outside the building. I would certainly hope not. No. That would be a very poorly written clause that, in that contract. That is dumb. And you got to speak to your fan base. Like, we know when Mike Vital puts us over the airwaves every single Saturday that we're going to catch some people in their cars. We're going to catch some people that don't tune into the show regularly. You know who we are going to catch? Loyal listener, friend of the show. Sure. Yeah. Hey, and that's why 
We cover movies, and that's why we cover music, and that's why we cover Pulse of the City and events and going, because we know where our core is. Everyone in Hollywood makes TV and movies for 13-year-olds. Because anyone who's over 13 can understand what a 13-year-old want, like understands. Anyone who's under 13 wants to be a 13-year-old. <laughs> we went saw that Black Widow movie this weekend. Who was uh, that geared to? Not us. No. Nope. It's the worst Marvel movie I've ever seen. Isn't that sad? Yeah. I had high hopes. Vital. I'm a big Scarlet Joe guy. I saw yeah, the mo- I saw the movie. You, it was bad. It's terrible. Yeah, you're a big Scarlet Joe guy. So is the director of photography, because everything is a 45 degree upward camera view of her posed body. Everything, the whole movie. Okay, well, you're describing the good parts. <laughs> <laughs> and Marvel movies do not suck. That's their thing. Well, see that one. You're using the word suck. Go. Black Widow didn't suck. It just wasn't good. It wasn't on par with the other ones. If you would, I would, sh- I would rather watch any episode of Loki over that movie. Yeah, Loki was much better. Yeah. And if you would have changed that sentence from Black Widow to Coach Patino this past weekend, it did not suck. It just wasn't good. Should have came out. Should have addressed to the crowd. Should have spoke to the core. You know what UNM should have done? They should have had a. Uh, ticket sale exclusive thing. Go to the kiosk, get your get your rivalry games, get your uh, get your packets. Shoot, get your whole season. Do it right now. Eddie Nunez, you listening right now? Your boy's got some ideas. Also, to be, fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. Thank you. David Harbor did a very good job. He was amazing. He was the Red Guardian. I could tell. You don't know who that is. You're making that face. You're talking about Black Widow again. Yes, talking about Black okay. Widow. Okay. Well, David Harbour did a very good job. It well, just it wasn't very good. When we get back, I thought this NBA Finals would be over by the time we started this program. <laughs> so we're going to break down game five. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. We're fired by New Mexico Pinion on Coffee. We're taking your call today in the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with I-9 Sports. Come eat brunch with us at 11. We're going to eat brunch at 11. Yeah, we are. It's going to be a lot of fun. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. I know we talked about NBA Finals breakdown, but Van said during the break he wants to cover this last week's episode of Big Brother first. So I would never say that <laughs> out loud or in my head. You ever watch that stuff at all? You ever been in like a relationship where it's like, hey, it's Big Brother night? No, I don't do any reality TV. Okay. My folks like it. So if I'm in town visiting the fam, yeah. I'll catch an episode sometimes. When I was younger, my I had two dream jobs as a kid. I wanted to, number one, host The Tonight Show. That was like my dream job. Still might happen. You Still never might, know. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. I'd hire you. Thank you. I mean, not for that, but I'd hire you for something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My number two dream job would be to build obstacle courses on the TV show Survivor. That's a good one. I would love to go to, like, tropical locations. Yes. And construct, like, the challenges that Survivor contestants, the traditional Survivor show. You know, like, like hey, here are the ones. 
eh, it's they're kind of in the same place all the time now. Like they don't go around the world anymore, and they kind of got it down. It's it's very formulatic at this time. Uh, but the puzzle games and the like legends of the hidden temple style things. That was my dream job when I was a kid to go to exotic locales and build gymnasium. You're a weird ass kid, weren't you? Yeah, I was super weird, man. Yeah. Super weird. I'm a weird ass adult. I was kind of a cool kid, I think. My thing, I was always, I did what I thought was cool. Like I'll give you like sports talk radio, for example, right? Like I got into radio, sports radio when I was 18 years old. Okay. I called my very first football game. You when think I was, you'd be good at it by now? Well, and that's the thing, because I used to be passionate about sports. Uh-oh. I used to sweat it. I used to know rosters. I used to know six man. I used to know backup linemen. I could tell you what college every skilled position player went to in the NFL. But as I've got older and my palate has changed to movies, music, From news, sports arts. to Big Brother. <laughs> It's a different thing. So I watch stuff different. And that's why I'm even bringing up Big Brother. Because there is a huge crossover there. For instance, Big Brother draws four and a half million people every episode-ish across the country. That's a lot of people. A lot that, of people. that many? That many. And wow. Oppo, the NBA Finals the other night, they were down about a million people. So there's a crossover there. Which one was down? The Big finals brother. or Big Brother? Big Brother. Big Brother was yeah, down. Yeah, because Big Brother fan watches the finals. Ooh, that street guy's got some cool pants. They're like a plaid corduroy bell bottoms. Is that what that are? Those are sweet. The intersection of 4th and Central, the city is waking up. The phrase I use is home free. Okay. Home free. So... All these viewers go from Big Brother to watch the finals. The finals pull like seven and a half million. Now that's down. That's a little down from traditional. Like if you had a big market team, it'd be more. Right. If you had like a New York Lakers Nets would be a big deal. Yeah. You would have that's you would have close NBA to double wanted. that. Yeah. yeah. I which is what I wanted. But I'm getting like a performance here from these two teams that I didn't expect. I thought it was gonna be Phoenix and three. I told the listener all playoffs. Chris Paul is unstoppable. Devin Booker is unstoppable. Literally unstoppable. It only took 20 years and multiple coaches for Mike D'Antoni's offense to to make sense and work, but it's working. Hey, but Giannis said, no. Nope. No, hold nope. my beer. Hold. Not in Wisconsin, you're not. Vital, you're connected to Wisconsin in a way that most listener isn't, as you are from there. What is the excitement in your hometown, your home state, for this basketball team? Because they should not be at 2-2 two and two right now. They keep skirting out wins. They're two O-nos away from the ship. Yeah, they're frustrating at best if you're a longtime Bucks fan like myself. You know, when you know what's going to work, take it inside, pound it in the paint. They don't. They take weird, poor shot selections. And so hopefully, you know, they're one day they're on top of the world. The next day, you can't figure them out. They just don't make shots. So let's hope they just keep, stay on track. You just pound it in the middle. You got so much size and bulk and length against a, a smaller Phoenix team. Why not go for it? But then again, you know, I could see them this next game throwing up threes when they don't have to. Pound it in the middle. Middleton had 42. Yeah. 
And a lot of and short a lot of jumpers. Came from beyond the arc. Yeah, he, he's not afraid to get away. Mid-range jumpers beyond the arc. Giannis cleans it up down low. Hey, Giannis, and that's their game plan. Giannis don't even need to score. Like, don't even give him the ball on the offensive end. You just have him stay, like, fresh on defense and just block DeAndre Ayton dunks all night long. I still that block was incredible. That block. Yeah. That's insane. one of the best plays in finals history. Both are it was, seven it, feet. It, it, that was the game. Yeah. That was literally the game. What were they? They were they were up two, two at that point. Aiton goes up, which should that should just be, that's a good, that's a you put it down. The Bucks call a timeout. You go to commercial, and you come back and you're like, well, this one's all but over here. And I guess they were in Milwaukee that night. Here in Milwaukee, paint the streets orange, burnt umber, whatever the Suns are. <laughs> By the way, best jerseys in like. All the NBA. The Valley jerseys? All, so those, are those, those are nice. Yeah, but CP3, he had five turnovers. The team had 17-18. That led to 24 bucks points, most of them in the fourth quarter, and that's the story. Well, and Chris, Chris Paul's turnovers came early, too. Yeah. And that's that's the narrative, right, that the Suns lost, not the Bucks won. Ooh. And I hate that storyline. Because who forced those turnovers? The Bucks by playing good, strong defense, by getting hands in their face, yeah. by pressuring them at half court, making them earn their way up the court. That's what made those turnovers happen, not just accidentally Suns choking. That's well, but good defense. Chris well, Paul's been, not going to come out and be like, hey, Milwaukee, you know, they, they really put the hammer down on me and I was in a tough spot and, uh, you, know, you know, they were the better team that night. What he's going to say is, Dad, that's me, E me. Well, you know, he's, a, he's a leader. Of course he's going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Vital, you were going to say I apologize? No, no, that's okay. Now, I, I say for the reason why the Suns had a nine-point lead going into the fourth, that was that sloppy play was the reason why they lost because I heard a lot of new newfound Phoenix fans out here because it's close. <laughs> it's just right next door giving me the say, oh, you're lucky they won the Bucks. Well, the sloppy play by Chris Paul, which I couldn't figure that out, but, uh, you know, they'll come back home, and they'll be ready to go. It should be a good game. But the Bucks, I think, wore them down physically. Uh, Van's right about that. Well, I mean, you got to play four quarters, right? Sure. Cliché, yes. You don't get extra points by winning the game up to the third quarter. you got to play 48 minutes, and they didn't close it out when they needed to. And that's on the Suns. But the game itself, that win is on the Bucks. They played good defense. They forced turnovers. Chris Middleton got hot when they needed him, and Giannis was Giannis as usual. You know the I, the the genius basketball prognosticator that I am. Yes, Fred, you've been saying it for years. I've been saying it out <laughs> loud for years. No one believes me, but you'll remember when we did our finals preview. Okay, I said the key to this series is Chris Middleton getting his buckets. Chris Middleton is an underrated NBA superstar. He's finally. In the spotlight now, yeah. and he is not letting his team down. The spotlight is finally bright enough on him to where people don't confuse him as Sam Cassell anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you for that. Oh, and Booker <laughs> had a good game too. So you know. So there's... I think I had the scores back. You're right, Vital, because I think Middleton had 40 and Booker had 42. 42. If that's yeah, but most of those Booker were in the first play. half. Got in the foul trouble. Yep. You know. And the officiating was absolutely horrible during that game. I mean, I watched all 48 minutes. Yeah, that was bad. And it's bad. just like they were just randomly calling fouls. 
like somebody would get elbowed in the face and knocked to the ground, like 80s NBA Charles Oakley versus Bill Lambeer style. Yeah. And they wouldn't call a foul. And then somebody would brush up against Devin Booker's jersey, and then the whistle blew. You know, I understand that the NBA Finals, you let the guys play, you give them a little slack, but at least try to be consistent with your calls. And it was bad on both ends. I don't want the officiating to be an excuse for one team or another because it was equally poor in that game. we got to grab a break. Give me, Kind of give me your prediction on tonight before we go. Um, who do you got? Uh, well, the Suns are back at home. Yeah, same. CP3 had an mm-hmm. underwhelming game. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to bring his A game tonight and lead his squad to a win. I got Phoenix comfortably winning. Going away with it, same. Yeah, yeah I think I got Phoenix at home. Um, I just want to see a game seven, Fred. You love game I think seven. you'll probably I've get one game in this seven series. in my whole sports life. I love them so much. The stakes are so high. Yeah. Someone's got to win a road game. You can see the emotion pouring out of these guys. You can see the effort pouring out of these guys in Game 7. Well, and, and by, and this would be a very good Game 7. Oh, I agree. And by the I don't know if you were in the air on air there, but you're absolutely right. Like, if Milwaukee takes one on the road, if they get one on the road, this is Milwaukee series. Yeah. Sure. They won't. No. No. I don't think so either. Uh, when we get back, let's talk a little bit of baseball. The Delta variant. A little bit of baseball when we get back. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots. We're on the road this week with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. Connect with your boys on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with I-9 Sports, 95.9 FM AM 610. The Sports Animal. All-Star game this past week, man. I love the All-Star game. You love it. You talk about it all the time. Home run derby is one of my favorite things in the world. You said you love the jerseys. Well, first off, how dare That's you? That's what you said. you said. I would never. So those I, jerseys were horrible. So I, you said, Fred, I need two of those. I need a, I need a, an AL and an NL, and then I need a jersey of it so I could sleep in it. It's hard for people who don't know the game of baseball to be into baseball. Oh, I agree. Okay. Yes, I have dated. There is a youth movement in baseball that's reigniting the passion of baseball. Has been for years. All the juniors. Yeah. Tatis, Acuna, mm-hmm. Guerrero Jr. Bichette. He's not a junior. Yeah, close enough. Close enough. Barry. Are just reinvigorating the youth into loving baseball. And the MLB smashed all that momentum with those horrible all-star game jerseys. <laughs> they were so confused. It's like looking at a magic eye. You're like, is it? Like, what is this? What is this thing? That's like what you make people wear like they're in trouble. Like they did something bad. I agree. That's a... It's a prison joke, not a Holocaust joke. <laughs> One of the things that I liked about, you know, when I was a kid growing up watching is that you could see all, all the other teams because each team got re- got a representative and which ones were which. And, you know, it was kind of like how you identified, you know, with the other teams, you know, like the Pirates or, you know, they had the pill cap years ago in the late 70s, early 80s. So 
you know, not having that, not having the. I don't. I'm not trying to sound like a clothes snob, but not having their i <laughs> their 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 actual jerseys was bad. No one would ever call you a clothes snob, right? Vital. <laughs> you are casual forward in your attire. They had the idea right with the home run derby and putting a 44 on everyone. That's pretty sweet. Oh, sweet! That was, oh, nice. that was great. Great idea. A little play to one Henry Aaron. Yeah. That was, Sorry, a, that was a pretty cool tribute. <laughs> Sorry, Atlanta. <laughs> you see Atlanta ran commercials during Atlanta, Repu- Georgia Republicans yeah. ran commercial. They were like, if there would have been a vote about this, the All-Star game would have stayed here. And Major League Baseball was like, that's literally why we didn't. Yeah. Because you're not allowing votes. You can't allow people to vote. So talk about the All-Star game, because playing in the All-Star game was one Aaron Judge. Are you familiar with he? Sure. Here comes the judge. Do people say that? Uh, I just did, so at least one. So <laughs> he goes and plays in the All-Star game. Now, I cannot claim to know any Major League Baseball players' COVID-19 vaccine status. There's not a website for that. No. Yeah. Here is what I'm going to say. Aaron Judge went to the All-Star game. Correct. He went back to the Yankees. Correct. Now, three Yankees have COVID-19. Three Yankees are pending results, or excuse me, are doing quarantine. Correct. Contact tracing. Thank you. And they had to postpone their first game back, which would have been two days ago, against the Red Sox. Because their players have COVID-19. Had to figure it out. Had to figure it out. The All-Star game was in Denver. Correct. At the beautiful Coors Field. If you haven't been, go. And there's two breakouts in the MLB. One in the Yankees and one on the home team for the All-Star game, the Colorado Rockies. So I think a bunch of Rockies gave it to the Yankees to troll them. But the same sentiment as Boston. They say, F the Yankees. Looks like Coors Field did the same thing few days ago and you know how rockies are they'll just give away anything nolan arenado <laughs> thought you're gonna say bobbleheads but yeah so the yankees have this guy brian cashman are you familiar with him yeah yeah, yeah. so he like runs the squad he's like uh most of the players are vaccinated now to be fair to be fair uh, to be fair the yankees we're like the first major league team to hit like the 85% threshold. But that's within the whole organization. Correct. That involves, you were beating Not me the to team. It. That involves scouts and front office and right. interns and Cash himself, which is why I feel like what Brian Cashman's friends call him. It seems to me that old Aaron Judge does not have the vaccine. Seems to me it is COVID nineteen. From my limited experience, really tall people don't do well when they get COVID, (laughs) and it's a very small sample size. You're talking about me. Yeah, you almost died. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's that. COVID almost killed you, and you're very tall. And Aaron Judge is very tall, so I'm kind of worried about him. I want to name you the other five players. 
I don't even know who they are. Jonathan, I know a couple. Jonathan Loyasigna. I don't know who that is. Nestor Cortez Jr. and Wandy Peralta. These are all Red Sox players. Lasaja. Is that correct? Are these Red Sox guys? Nope. Okay. Those are Yankees players. So the big losses are obviously Aaron Judge, Gio Urshela, and Kyle. I'm going to mess up your bat last name really bad. Oh, the catcher. My name is my name. Hasha Hayahishigawa. Those are big losses. Those are all starters. And it showed last night as the Sox blank the Yankees for rip. Maybe three out of your best nine players got the Corvids. Maybe the Yankees sent Aaron Judge out there with COVID-19 because there were five all-stars for the Red Sox. Devers, Barnes, Bogarts, Uvalde, and Martinez. And they all have to do social distancing now because they were at the all-star game. Mm -hmm. They're like, nope. Cancel the game. And then a depleted New Are York. Are you saying the Yankees smallpox blanketed the That's Red Sox? I'm I'm calling it. <laughs> Allegedly. That's some analysis right there, <laughs> buddy. So then they cancel the game two days ago. They play a game yesterday. The depleted New York Yankees take on the Major League Baseball level caliber five all-star Boston Red Sox. First place Boston Red Sox. And they just they put a thumping on your Yanks. My Yanks. Figure it out, you. Major League Baseball. Figure it out with COVID-19. Well, once all the vaccines, especially the, the mRNA vaccines, yeah. are FDA approved, they got emergency approval, mm -hmm. but it's not fully FDA approved. Once a medication or vaccine or whatever it may be is FDA approved, a business owner can force their employees to get it. Oh, we didn't know that. It's a true statement, my friend. So once it's FDA approved, you can make all of your employees get it. And that's probably what there'd be a negotiation in between MLB and the Players Union to make them get it. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio, which is at Bourbon and Boots. We're probably going to Mexico Pinion Coffee. We'll be back after the break. Turn it up! Turn it back up! Back on the program. Live from Bourbon Boots, the intersection of Fourth and Central. We're having a lot of fun this morning. Didn't get to it before the break because Van was telling me about my constitutional rights. <laughs> Dave and Buster's presents the program. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV as we're live from Bourbon and Boots. Connect with us this morning on the Graphic Connection Hotline. Oh, I didn't check the texter. I'm going to check the texter here in a yeah, second. Yeah, open up the texter. 505-246-0610. Text your boys. Not confirmed yet, but scheduled to be here. Owner of Bourbon and Boots, Rich Baca, at 10 a.m. Keep your keep your ears out for the Rich Baca interview because we're going to be giving away a gift certificate after that. Correct. So hang on. A $50 boy. Ain't no normal $20 gift no, certificate. No. Friends and family. This is drinks for an evening. And if you haven't been here in an evening. I think it's for food. I'm not sure if you can give away alcohol. Okay, it's food. Yeah. I don't know how gift cards work. It's delicious. Okay. It's very good food. They got it, very good brunch stuff. They got very good lunch stuff. You and I. And the barbecue is phenomenal. Correct. They give you good, por impressed. good portions for big guys like yes, me and Fred. Yes, too much portions. Yeah, large portions. Vital, we were in here for the Home Run Derby, and I ordered like this like 
I don't even know, like a meat platter, a charcuterie of meat. <laughs> yeah. And it was like an entire, like, butcher's block of meat. Ooh, that sounds good. It was so good. Me, you, friend of the show, friend in real life, Rob Portnoy. Bunch of the boys. We watched the home run derby here. We had a blast. Went over to the United game. They had two home games last weekend. Wasn't that a cool deal? Yeah, it's a cool deal. I like going to two United games back-to-back. Same. I mean, sort of back-to-back. Like, as back-to-back as soccer gets. Sure. you gotta, you got to give the boys a break. They need a breather in between. 28 short minutes away. Cooper from Clean Coops is going to join us. 505-350-1123. Uh, we didn't expect to have him on the program, but he's the young man. I'm going to give you his little story real quick. Please he's do. a young man, and... His father is in the ownership group of Graphic Connections, which sponsors the program, which services all your print needs. Like, And by the way, so you're like, I don't know what I need to print. They will help you design it. Like Graphic Connections, T-shirts and banners, and everyone loves having their initials on, on tumblers now. Like, they do all that stuff. Are you making fun of me? Because yeah. I put my initials on everything. You do put your initials on everything. Vital, Van has vinyl stickers of his initials, and he puts them on cups and cars, and he has a trapper <laughs> keeper. He puts it on there. His headphones. Well, it's not really my initials. It's my brand. It's his brand. That's correct. Because you could take my name, Van, V-A-N, yes. which also happens to be my initials, and you could just, like, smash them together mm-hmm. to make one letter, and I put that on everything. It's so dumb, Vital. Fred's very sick of it, which makes me love it so much more. And when he gets those stickers, he gets them a graphic connection. So Cooper, anyways, he comes to detail our cars because we, like, through COVID, we were, like, you're in your car a lot more. You were, like, transporting a lot of stuff. We were doing a lot of stuff. Anyway, they were filthy. So he, he came in with, like, toothbrushes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, he did it as well as anyone, and it was affordable. And he just had a, a real fun personality, and it's fun to help a young blood who's aspiring to do some bigger things. So he's going to be on the program at 930. Uh, and we'll give you their information as far as getting your car did. And then at, night, at 1030, Jamie Lynn of I-9 Sports is going to join us. She's going to talk about youth sports here in the community and their reaction to COVID-19 this past year and everything they're doing to to return to normality. I want to go with baseball just a little bit longer, Van, because i got a good momentum with it. I want to talk about the second half of baseball. We just got through the All-Star break. There was a display at the All-Star break. I was about it. I was about the home runs. Even Otani went out in the first round to Juan Soto. That was still the most entertaining first round I had seen in how long? Years. The winner, Pete Alonso, who, by the way, barely makes more money than we do. He makes more money from the one home run derby than he does playing baseball all year. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Shohei Otani donated his oh, home by run. by the way, yeah. as effortless and smooth as Pete Alonso's home run derby swing is, mm-hmm. and his pitcher piping him in mm-hmm. right in the middle of the strike zone every time, did you see the heat chart? of him throwing baseballs to Pete Alonso. No. It was perfect. Oh, was it? Yeah. It's just like right in the middle of the strike zone, like just solid red yeah. dot. But anyways, with Pete Alonso's effortless swing, he might never lose a home run derby. 
He's got already been back-to-back. Back. Two of them. Yeah, he's been back-to-back. Back. He's the smart money. And there's allegedly a dead baseball right now, right? Oh, that's sad. Where? There's allegedly a deadened baseball right oh, now. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> and these guys, Shohei Otani and Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Pete Alonzo, and we can keep going. They're just cracking dingers. We're cracking dingers at like an unmatched pace. It was a really good year for the Derby. <laughs> Big shout out to Trey Mancini. Beat cancer, then almost beat Pete Alonzo in the I love Run that. Derby. It's I a love great that. Great story. Grab a connection. Phone line is ringing, so we are answering. Welcome to the program, friend of the show, Tommy. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Hey, guys, uh, Tom of the Truth back at you, and I want to kind of plug myself just a little bit because my agent Feel said, see, Michael Thomas Angel, Michael Thomas Angel is my acting name on Facebook. Um, Love that. Atani is a, a guy we won't see for a very long time. I hope we see more of, of athletes like this in any sport that, that can go both ways. It's interesting, but I haven't seen anything like this since Babe Ruth, what he's doing right now. Maybe you could say Bo Jackson, but he played you know football and baseball, and barring the injury – uh, he would have been the greatest two. I, I still consider him the greatest two-sport athlete I've ever seen. He's, you know, cut short with the injury against the Cincinnati Bengals back in the day. But we won't see anything like this. I want to see more, but I don't think we'll see anything like what this guy is doing right now in a very long time. Another point I want to make, my Yankees suck. I don't want to talk about them. I'll be blue in the face. I, I, <laughs> they, they suck right now, and that's all I'm going to say. I mean, we can make excuses. we got talent. Boone still has enough experience being a manager. Cashman, his, I don't know why he doesn't have more hitters on the team to hit to the short porch. Everybody's hitting the other way. You can hit over there to the short porch and right field like 3 10 but it's just a mess right now, and it's just no excuses there. There's something wrong with the motivation of that team. And I get tired of Aaron Boone coming out saying, oh, we're savages, we're savages. Well, you're not playing like savages right now. So, But the real thing I want to talk about, guys, the real thing is, uh, if you, I don't know if you guys are fans of UFC, I've been watching it since Tank Abbott, Royce Gracie back in the day. But I think Conor McGregor right now is done. I think he's a big mouth. I think he'll still sell tickets. I think he'll be a great announcer if he wants to do that or maybe train people. But, dude, he hasn't looked good his last fights, and he was getting beat up anyway. And Poirier has ain't won his last nine fights. And the only one he lost to was Khalib, and no one beats Khalib. And Connor's calling him out. Dude, don't call Khalib out. He'll beat you again, mm-hmm. dude. He's, he's a different level fighter. Like, he's, Connor used to be that fighter before, I feel, the Mayweather fight. That happened. He got that money. Everything changed. He's just not the same fighter, but he'll probably still sell tickets because of his name. And that's all he is. He's a 20, big mouth, and he's a big talker. And what do you guys think about the fight? Mil. 21 mil, Tommy. Opinion. Tommy, huh? he got 21 mil. He got 21 mil. Well, yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying he's going to make the money. I know that. He's a name. Yeah. But he's not the same fighter anymore. I don't I don't want to no. pay the same fight anymore. I haven't paid the same fight the last few fights because I'd rather see, like, Diaz fight because Diaz, to me, is a fighter. He goes out there, he lays it out, he hits, he don't makes excuses, he'll get bloody, he'll bloody the guy up. I'd rather see the Diaz brightest fight than McGregor right now. He's just a big mouth. That's all he is. Hey, he thanks great, for the call, Tommy. Not, not really appreciate you. So, yep. Bye. As far as we're, if you want to talk McGregor real quick, and, and thanks for the three wonderful topics. If yeah. you want to, if you want to email us before the show, we would love to do a segment on each. <laughs> Excellent call, Tommy. Thanks again. Well, thanks the for Yankee, being a friend of the, the show. The Yankee segment I can make real quick. Hit it. Tommy's correct. Tommy's correct. That's Yankee it. Suck. Yeah, Yankee side. 
And this really isn't on the Yankees players, and it's not on the Yankees manager. It's on Brian Cashman for putting this team together. They're slow. They can't play defense. They don't run around the bases. You have to hit five home runs in the game for the Yankees to win. They're all fragile. They're always on the IL, and now they all have COVID. Uh, the COVID L. And you can't stack the way that Tommy wants for short porch and right. You can't put all left-handed bats up there because you only play half your games at home. Like you get like you like when it comes time to like win games, you're going to come into teams that just have specialists. Well, like, not only can they not because half the games are at home, they don't have any left-handed batters. No, everyone's right-handed. Right. And they got the short porch and left. Like, what the hell? No, and, and that's the thing. Like, if you were to design your team that way, it would be it would be a flawed design, in my opinion. But, no, they don't, they, they don't have the power up there to do it from that side of the plate. And then because they're trying to manufacture on the traditional side of the plate, they don't put up enough runs. Literally zero yesterday. I was listening to a, another sports talk show, and I don't ever talk about other sports talk shows because I think that's bad radio. But the fact that I heard on – uh, Colin Cowherd earlier this week, and I'll leave it at this, is I didn't know that Babe Ruth only pitched for the Yankees twice. Yes. I did not know that. He was only a dual threat when he played on the Red Sox, and then he hardly ever pitched when he moved to the Yankees. And apparently not a dual threat on the Red Sox to the extent that most people think, because on the Red Sox, he had like a career of like 20 home runs on the yeah. Red Sox. So he would pitch. He had 20, which is fine over however many years he played in Which is still the most in the league. Oh, was it? Yeah. And then when he went to New York. He hit eight one year, and it was the most in the league. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And he, when he, when he stopped, like, like slinging it from the pitcher's mound in New York, then he was like, cool, I'll be a hitter. And that's just the fact that I got it. I'll break down even more why this is more special than that. I Otani. Love, I love disagreeing with you. Yeah. But you're correct. Yeah. This yeah. is. This is so special that whenever you're looking for a comparison to it, you don't have one. It's uncomparable. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots. We're on the road this week with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon. People are connecting with us, including Tommy, on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. We're playing again with I-9 Sports. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We're back on the program. We're carrying the momentum. A friend of the show, Tommy's call. Into Otani talk. Going to have to apologize to the listener. I have uh, a correction, Fred. I said Babe Ruth led the league with eight home runs one year. That was, an, in fact, 11 home runs. Oh, okay. That's before he really took off. Yeah, really let 1918 loose. in the... The mitts of the Spanish flu mm. hit 11 home runs. That was uh, two years pre-prohibition. That's what you're going with here, prohibition? Women's suffrage, one year pre-women's suffrage? Yes, there you go. Is that the one you wanted? I guess. We did watch Black Widow yeah. last night. 100 years after the state of New Mexico existed. How about that? How about that? How about that? So did you get it out of your system what about are Black Widow? Are you still, like, super disappointed? I'm kind of over it. Yeah, but you're not over it because you're actually over it. You're over it because it doesn't deserve it. Oh, it doesn't deserve that brain space. And it wasn't bad, bad. 
It was. You think it was bad, yeah. bad. Yeah. I think it was the worst of the Marvel movies. There's a, and I've right. seen Thor 2. All right. Lady Listener, who's a fan of the program. Sorry. First sorry. What I'm not lambasting no. it because it's women-centric. But. It's the worst written. It was, it was by far the worst written. Yeah. And I'm going to say it this way. Visually stimulating as usual. Hole up. That's where exactly was, where I'm I going. Did, I did not mean Scarlett Johansson. That's what I'm going I with. I also though. meant Scarlett Johansson, but I did not <laughs> solely mean Scarlett Johansson. The, there was a lot of fun stuff to look at in the movie. The entire film. All right. What's a really good way to say this? In Avengers Endgame, which we all saw two years ago, right? Spoiler alert. The good guys win. <gasps> There's a scene in that. When they're having like the big showdown at the end and like all the strong female characters from the film. Unite for a brief moment to just wreak havoc over evil. Yes. I loved it. I saw, I have goosebumps talking about it. Yeah. I was in theater. I celebrated it. It was amazing. It was so very good. Yeah. The handful of times I've ever cried in my life at a film. Well, it's actually zero, but the handful of times I've ever been moved by emotion to a film. Avengers Endgame is one of those times where I was like, I'm sad. You could just say you cried. I did not. Okay. But I had the emotion, too. All right. I remember your shirt being very wet. It was not very wet. Okay. This movie. Here, my biggest beef, and I have a few. <laughs> my biggest one is the sisters. And this is not a spoiler. Yeah. The sisters grew up together in Ohio. Yeah. One of them has an American accent. One of them has a Russian accent. I literally made this joke. Why? The entire, whoever did the photography on this thing, the director of photography, I can look up. It's just close-ups of Scarlett Johansson and uh, Florence Pugh. Okay, quit describing the best part of the movie. You're not helping your Okay, cause. you know how people are like, <laughs> I really love Top Gun. Yeah. And I'm like, Top Gun is just close-ups of Tom Cruise in a cockpit. The entire film is Tom Cruise shaking back and forth like he's on the set of Star Trek yeah. in front of a camera. With Kenny Loggins' music. That's the entire film. Sure. If, if you say it's anything else, I'll agree it's slow motion volleyball. Yeah, there's one volleyball scene and, and it's one sex scene, and then the, the rest is all cockpit. And then... Cockpit. I don't know who's the director of this Marvel movie. Do you know? I think we just saw him walk by. Kate Shortland. Just some guy did it. No right? clue who that is. But she goes and gets, I'm going to be a little misogynistic right here. Okay. The 50 prettiest women in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a fair number? The assassins. All of them. Yeah. I'm talking, the most beautiful cast of people. There's like one of each, too. Every color of the rainbow. Yeah. Every flavor. And they put them on the screen. And then they expect, like, my reaction to be positive. There was, no, there was no substance to this thing. The villain was the weakest sauce I've ever seen on pasta. And I love that actor. Was it Ray Winstone? Go fish. He had a very poor Russian accent because he's very British, right? I, I don't have the answer. I think Ray Winstone is very British. 
and he had a very poor Russian accent, and he was not captivating whatsoever. Ray Winstone was the villain. He was nobody. He did not do a good job. No. Yeah, he's very British, and he's done a phenomenal job in a lot of movies, and that wasn't one of them. This it. Hmm. And Disney Plus have been killing it. WandaVision is very, very good. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was okay. Loki has been tremendous. I loved Loki. This was this was very bad. This was very average. It yeah. just seems bad. And it's about to be outshadowed by the brand new one, the uh, the Ten Rings that one. That looks amazing. Shang Li and the Ten Rings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go see that and no like the I'll have zero reservation. Give me that one on opening night. And again, let me reiterate I love my mother, my daughter, and my sister. My girlfriend very much. <laughs> I am about as feminine, excuse me, feminist as they come for a cisgendered (laughs) middle-class white man. Yeah, Freudian slip there, am I right? And it wasn't bad because it was a women-centric Marvel movie. It was just bad because it was bad. It was very bad. And again, it wasn't that bad. If you like Marvel stuff, go watch it. You'll be entertained. But it's probably the worst one. If you like Marvel stuff, go watch it because you want the canon. Yes. Yeah. You will not be entertained. This is the opposite of Russell Crowe and Gladiator. (laughs) Are you not bored to bits? (laughs) But you have to like it. And also, I am such a front runner, Vital, on all this kind of stuff. Yeah, you are. Like, I will tell you, the newest whatever is the best version of whatever. Hey, every single time. I Googled Ray Winstone yeah. to make sure he was British and I wasn't incorrect. First article. Goose, uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Black Widow fans are not convinced by Ray Winstone's Russian accent. No. <laughs> oh, wow. Bad. It was bad. The first, the first article that popped up. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Very bad. You both grew up in the same house in Ohio. Why does one of you have a Russian accent? It doesn't make sense. Grew up in Russia, Ohio. (laughs) Yeah. The University of Russia in Ohio. And I don't know who this Florence Pugh girl was. Like, that was like my first introduction to her. You seen her in anything else? No. What's the most recent thing she was in? Uh, so she's got a bunch of stuff coming out, but she's in she's in Hawkeye, ah, which is the new Disney Plus thing. But before that, nothing. Like nothing. Oh, Little Women. Malevolent. I, Malevolent was a thing, right? That was a big deal. But I'm telling you, like, outside of Scarlett Johansson, who, by the way, worst performance yet. I don't think that was her fault this time. I think it was really bad writing. The writing was very bad. Anyway, it could have been way funnier. See Black they had a lot of opportunities to make it funnier too. See Black Widow if you're a fan. If you if you're a fan of Marvel and you need the canon, do not see Black Widow for any other reason. And why is Robert Downey Jr. listed on the cast? I don't know, maybe he had a voiceover. I have no clue. They mentioned him once. 
there were lots. That was the thing, Vital. There were lots of like little like Easter egg mentions of the rest of the Marvel universe. So the fan would be like, "Ooh, yeah." <laughs> they were trying to distract you with close-ups of Scarlett Johansson and this Florence Pugh. Also, thank you for that part. And Rachel Wise too, like an aged, aged Rachel Wise. I didn't even realize that was her. It was very good. The movie was not good. No. Not good at all. It was belligerently average and compared to all the other ones. I was about to be like, if it was released straight to digital, that would make sense. But it was also that. It was also, yeah, you got to pay a 30 extra dollars, though, in your Disney Plus account to watch it. People do that stuff. Which I'm, not, I'm, I'm morally against, and I will not do that. If I subscribe to your app, your streaming service, I'm not going to pay extra to watch a movie. I will go in the theater now that, you know, apparently COVID's all the way over. Vital, the real reason he won't pay the $30 is because he uses my Disney Plus password and he doesn't <laughs> want it to charge my credit card. Ah, that's where it comes from. That's an excellent point as well. <laughs> but also morally, I'm very against it. If it goes to the dollar theater and you have a free Tuesday afternoon. I go, wish I would have waited for that. Go see Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday matinee, half price tickets. Right. It's worth about a dollar. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. the, the writing was bad, I thought. It was so bad. Can't make up how bad it was. A couple minutes away from Cooper Hill joining us. Oh, look, the Breaking Bad tour RV just drove by. Oh. That's cool. Hi, I really guys. like being downtown, man. Are we part of the tour? Is that what's going on? Cooper Hill of Cling Coops is going to join us. I don't know if he'll stick around the whole segment or not. Just want to have him on. To, we got some questions. Yeah. Because we were laughing with him a lot as he was helping us out. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from the Talk ABQ studio, which is at Bourbon and Boots today because we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we're playing again with I-9 Sports. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports team. Back on the program. Texture is going crazy. The texture says, Fred, what do you think of Wonder Woman? Listen, I'm not I'm telling you, it's not because it was women centric. That wasn't my problem. It's starting to feel that way though, now that I think about I'm it. I'm telling it's because it 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 wouldn't allow itself to be a standalone excellent movie. Okay. That's it. And by the way, I did think Wonder Woman sucked. I did think that. So that is a coincidence. Because I thought Wonder Woman sucked for multiple slow motion scenes and Amazon music over every action sequence. Can't you get any kind of music on Amazon? I really like Umbrella Academy. That's got a a gal that leads it. Okay. Used to be a gal. It's a pretty sharp shovel you got there with this hole you're digging. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bridesmaids was good. Really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything but... Uh, Catherine Hahn, I think she was excellent in, in WandaVision. We're parked downtown at the intersection of 4th and Central this morning, doing the show live from Bourbon and Boots, and my car is looking super fresh on the corner van. How's yours? It is super shiny. Uh, mine got rained on, and I drove through a puddle. But <laughs> Cooper, we need you. The inside has never looked better. Joining us now, Cooper Hill of... Clean Coops, 505-350-1123.
Cooper, thanks for taking the time this morning to come on the program. We won't keep you super long, but we just had some prudent questions. Was Van's car the filthiest car you've ever been in? Uh, not even close. <laughs> Thank you, Cooper. <laughs> See, what happened was I told Fred what I asked you, and he turned it around on me, the old Shyamalan twist. Morning, Cooper. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Cooper is too busy with clean coops this morning, 505-350-1123, to make it down to the program, so he's calling in. We contacted Cooper like last Sunday. He said, hey, I'll meet up with you guys on Monday. I'm like, what's it cost to do a car? He's like, I don't know, 100 bucks, man. And I was like, better be worth it. And and <laughs> it sure was. Cooper, how long have you been in the game? How long have you been doing this kind of service? And, and uh, how'd you get started? Uh, so I've been in the game for about – Two months right now. I Brand started new. in March. We could um, and then like a I kind of just wanted something to do during summer. Um, yeah, it was just something to do, something to make money. I don't want to work for anybody, so that's my big thing. Well, Love see, that. I like that attitude, man. Independence, yeah. that's pretty sweet. So what? I mean, why detailing? Like, why cars? What got you into this business specifically? Uh, I'll be honest, I have OCD, and I wash my car constantly. <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of thought it would be a good idea to get into it, and then, and then eventually it kind of, I don't know, became like an everyday thing now to do people's cars. The thing that I liked most about Cooper was the convenience. So, so like I said, we, we contacted Cooper through friend of the show, friend in real life, Chisholm Trail RV and Graphic Connections. They had used your service and put it on social media, and I was just blown away. So I reached out to Cooper on the weekend, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I can get you the next day. I'm like, cool. Where do I need to go? What do I need to do? And Cooper says, I'll come to you boys. Sure. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like well, this is already a service I need because I'm like you, Van. I live a super busy life. Yeah, I can't. I don't have time to take the hour to go where I need to be, the hour it takes for it to happen, and then the hour to drive back. I don't have that. But Cooper came straight to your home. Uh, we gave him water and we gave him electricity. And what kind of implements of destruction were you using out there, Cooper? What did you take into my car to make it as clean as the day I bought it? Um, so we got ripping toothbrushes, soap. Um, there's like dash cleaner, everything. You know, wipes, microfibers. Um. Yeah, we're just getting all the nooks and crannies and all that and make it look good and brand new. We're about halfway through the process, and we say to Coop, you got to come on the show. Like, we got this <laughs> platform. You do a tremendous service. You're a cool young man. You're from Albuquerque, right, Cooper? Yes. So when you were coming up here, how did like what was that first, like, inspiration to be, like, outside of, like, your OCD? What was that first, like, hey, I can provide this service to people, and how long has it taken it to get off the ground for you? Um, honestly, probably just like two weeks and then I kind of got everybody to kind of hop on board, like my family and all that. And then the word kind of spread out and, and yeah, it kind of just got viral kind of. Well, Coop, you do an absolutely amazing job and I was really impressed with the inside of my car, especially. I've never seen it like that before. Even the day I drove it off the lot, it hasn't looked that good. So you, you have an interest in business, am I right? Yes, that's my big thing. Sweet, and, and you're studying business in school, and you're kind of like, this is your first business. You're cutting your teeth on this right now. Yeah. 
So the aspiration is to go bigger. The aspiration is a fleet of clean Coopers. That's your plan. Yes. <laughs> That's too good. Uh, Cooper Hill with Clean Coops, 505-350-1123. You don't have a website yet, but we're going to put everything up on our social media, which is at TalkABQ. I just want to give you an opportunity to talk to the listener because you best, in my opinion, appeal to um, our fan. You best appeal to the person on the go. You best appeal to the person that needs that at-home or at-business service. Is there a time that you're not available, Coop? Is there a time when you're not able to meet up with someone, or are you 24-7? Oh, I'm just on the weekends. That's it. And then Monday through Friday, we, we're all good. Awesome. Contact Cooper Hill, 505-350-1123 for him and Clean Coops. Cooper, thank you so very much, my friend. Thank you, guys. Hey, thanks, Cooper. Good luck out there. Thank I, you. I love his little story. Like, cool young man came, literally the most bang-up job I have ever seen. Because I, I, what did it take to clean my car? Maybe an hour and a half maybe he was out there. And halfway through, I was like, I would have been done 15 minutes ago. Like 45 minutes through, I was like, I would have been done at 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like five minutes worth yeah. of vacuuming, wipe off the wipe off the uh, the countertops, and then bing, bang, boom. And a lot of radio is like, hey, here's like a heavy promotion. Hey, here's a whatever. Like, Cooper didn't give us no money. Like, Cooper's just literally just a good young man. Yeah. So if you need your car detailed and you need it done really well, Contact him, 505-350-1123. I know he text. Text him. Text him. Text him. Get him at Clean Coops, and we'll put all that on the social media. Everything's at TalkAB2, so you can connect with him. Um, but I like being able to use the platform to help, uh, like, a cool, young, aspiring dude. He showed up with, like, one other employee. They were, like, in and out of the car. It was like NASCAR. <laughs> well, NASCAR doesn't take an hour and a half, Red. It, well, that's a good point. Maybe the entire race. <laughs> Uh, from the texter, friend of the show, friend in real life, uh, Aaron Chisholm of Chisholm Trail RV. She says she loves Black Widow. She loves Wonder Woman. She has no idea what I'm talking about. A lot of people often don't know what you're talking about, Fred. Noted. <laughs> but we're on the same page on this one. Black Widow was wildly underwhelming, and I had high hopes, and they were crushed with mediocrity. Right. And I do like, like, strong heroine characters. I do like strong female cast. I mean, like, like the female, like, reboot of Ghostbusters sucked. That sucked bad. Okay, today's varsity, Van. Okay. Are you ready for this? Today's I-9 varsity, which you'll hear in our final segment, is absolute female-led flops of films. Oh, my goodness. Can you do it? I doubt it. With the assistance of Google, I'm sure. Like, obviously, Terminator 2 is the best action movie of all time. And it has the best female lead of all time. Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor is a convincible action star. That's a hero. That's not what Black Widow was. Sarah Connor came back shredded yeah. in the second one. That was the part. That was the look. She had a, she had a brush with the future, and she's like, forget this. I'm doing a poo ton of pull-ups. That's all I'm doing is pull-ups and push-ups. So the next robot that tries to murder me, I'm going to be ready through the power of push-ups. I am thinking about it a little bit more. Okay. 
The newest Star Wars Star Wars movies with that Ridley Ridley Davis is that her name? Ridley Scott? What's her name? That neither one of those. Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Okay. Those do suck. No, they don't. The new Star Wars? No, they don't. They're or is not it? As good. It's an unfair. <laughs> that's what it is. It's an unfair balance because the original Star Wars is the greatest candy I've ever had. Right. So any candy I have after the original cannot be as good as the original candy. You're talking about heroin. That's not completely true. You're comparing heroin to Star Wars movies. No, heroin is a lead actress. That's with the E. Alien is very e. good. Sigourney Weaver is very good in Alien. Yes, it's wonderful. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of films like that. I'm excited for the new Black Panther. It's got a female lead. It's going to be very good. Yeah. But that's what I said about Black Widow a couple weeks ago. Mad Max Fury Road was very good. Charlie right. Theron killed that. Killed it. You're going to ruin the varsity. You're just talking about all of our... I'm talking about good ones. Vars- oh, you're... Okay. Silence of the Lambs. How about that? That's one. That's a very good female-led movie. But not not Black Panther. Or uh, not Black Panther. Black Widow. Black Widow. Black Widow sucks. I know, like, sucks is not, like, the most, like, exquisite take. Right. But it was very bad. You're talking about 13-year-olds earlier. That's the way 13-year-olds would describe yeah. it. Yeah. I love Sister Act. I think it's very good. Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. With how Lauren you, Hill. I don't know how you knew that. <laughs> Without Googling? Sans Google? All right, I'm going to hit you with a niche one. Give it to me. Fried green tomatoes. Is not for me. It's a very strong female-driven movie. Also, I will put in my top five a league of their own. Female-led or just in general? Both. Yeah. In general, it's in my top five. Gina Davis? Gina Davis kills in a league of their own. Madonna. Rosie O'Donnell. It's like a strong female cast. It was not what Black Widow was. Black Widow was a joke. Anyways, I'm sure there's more to that, but there's no reason right now. (laughs) It's so fired up. Anyways, Shohei Otani. I'm not talking about Captain Marvel. I thought Captain Marvel was fine. Yeah. Yeah, Captain Marvel was a good movie. What are you now, Brad? I'm telling you what I know. Oh, Black Widow sucked. Did you even mention Thelma and Louise yet? No. That's strong. Did you mention Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No. Not yet. Should. You know I'm a big Tina Fey guy, so of course I'm going to say Mean, mean Girls. Mean Girls. Yeah, Mean yeah, Girls. Is a, that's the best one. Big time. When we get back, more Otane talk. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon Boots. We're on the road this week with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee, and we're playing it with I-9 Sports. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program. Fans feed in the meter. Um, when you're downtown, 4th and Central here where Bourbon and Boots is, there's like a life 
There's like a life to the city. People are moving around, living strong, doing their thing. But I didn't realize the number of like RVs that pass through. I didn't realize like the number of tourists that are already moving around downtown. Like the city is back to life. I love seeing it, man. Yeah. Sorry, I was tardy. I was topping off the, our meters. Topping off the meter. We're parking on the street here on Central. And we have to pay to be here. You think Rich Baca of Bourbon and Boots is going to validate our parking? I don't. We should ask him in 12 minutes when he gets here. I don't think you can validate the meter. I don't think it works like that. Well, I meant just validate what a good parking job I did. That's what I meant. Oh, my gosh. Shohei Otani. So the difference is between he and Babe Ruth. The difference is, Van, when Babe Ruth was doing it, pre-color TV, pre-FM radio, he was hitting home runs off of who? Who? Old Four Fingers McGinty. That's right. Yeah. A guy who had to work at the butchers all day and then goes and plays for the Red Sox. Is that It's something similar to that, though. Like, that might not be exactly it, but you are correct. Like, the guy pitching in the doubleheader at Fenway that night as the visiting Yankees are there in 1920. Yeah. Spent the day. He still he smelt like rump roast. Yeah. From from literally packing the meat truck in the meat packing district. And then going straight to Fenway. Or if we're being realistic, just like at home raising the kids or something. Right. Yeah. Like, that's not what today's baseball is. He had to wake up at 4 in the morning to do some choring at the house before he went and played baseball for, like, $1.50 or whatever. Right. Yeah. Shohei Otani is playing, in my opinion, the best game against the best athletes, not just in America. And, by the way, when Babe Ruth played, it wasn't the best athletes in America. It was just... Some of the best athletes in America. Yeah. It's the dudes that could show up. Yes. Yeah. And let's say there's. And let's not even talk about. Let's not even mention the color barrier. There was a color barrier. And I'm not just talking black and white. I'm talking white and everyone else. Everyone else. Yeah. They didn't even let Italians play for a long time. Correct. Shout out to super producer Mike Vital. So Babe Ruth is up there. Striking out guys that, no offense, man, you could strike out. Could you even get one by a Major League Baseball player? Could you get one by Shohei Otani? You haven't seen my slider, Fred. (laughs) Okay. It's still very strong. They're going to catch up to my heater. Your heater don't hit 80. 82. (laughs) I'm 40. I'm a man. I'm 40. Your slider goes in at 40. I have very high spin rates, even without spider tack. How dare you assault my slider on air? So. <laughs> okay, look, here's real talk. Here's the difference. Because a, a lot of people think just the legend of Babe Ruth, compared to his contemporaries, can be considered the best player of all time. 
because he was that much better than everybody. He did it that much better than everybody. Sure. But he didn't do the things that the legend of Babe Ruth did. Right? This is you Chuck Norris saying? stuff you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. The legend of Chuck Norris stuff. He only pitched over 200 innings three seasons. I did not know that. 200 innings is like the standard for a full season of pitching. Babe Ruth only did that three times. And then he only pitched a total of 13 innings as a New York Yankee. So obviously over time, the legend grows. But he didn't pitch as much as people think he did. He was very good for three straight seasons. Let's call it four straight seasons, 1915 to 1918. He was a very above above average pitcher. ERA plus over 100 four years in a row. If you have an ERA plus over 400, you're an above average player, above average pitcher. And he did do that. But he wasn't a top five pitcher in the league like Otani is. And Otani's also a top five hitter. We all know Babe Ruth was the best hitter, one of the best hitters in the history of baseball, mm-hmm. legendary in the history of the game. But he didn't do both at the level that Shohei Otani's doing it right now. When you look up Shohei Otani on baseball-reference.com, which we're not familiar, it's just the best statistical website for Major League Baseball I could stats. geek out on that website for hours. What comes up first for Shohei is his at-bats. It's not his pitching stats. All-star this year, rookie of the year in year one. By the way, he's 26 years old. Whew. By the way. And that's the thing where it's like, hey, I want to put I want to be able to compare it to something. Because that's like that's what's sexy, right? To be able to say that this is the next that. LeBron James is the next Michael Jordan. LeBron James plays against the best players in the world. And the best players in the world exist because Michael Jordan played. Eastern Europea, Europea, Eastern Europe, <laughs> in China. I'm going to start saying Europea all the time now. They weren't basketball meccas like they are today. The best players in the NBA right now are from Greece and Croatia, all over the world, Russia. And that's because Michael Jordan was so good in 1992 inspired a world of basketball players. But Michael Jordan was not playing against the guys that are in the league right now. LeBron playing against the best guys in the world is different than Michael playing against the best guys in the Sun Belt. Accurate. Yeah, and some New York hoopsters. You talking high school versus JV kind of That's literally what I'm talking about. Yeah, sure. I get that. And that's the Otane by comparison. He's striking out the best guys who have arguably ever played the game, and he's cracking dingers off the best guys who have arguably ever played the game. Babe Ruth did not do that. No. No. I don't know about, like, emergency goalkeepers and stuff. I don't know about that in hockey. 
I don't really know how the rules work. But that's what, like, all the athletes were for Major League Baseball right after World War One. Because here's the thing. They were just fighting in World War One. You're not a Major League Baseball player. You're a World War One veteran. Well, I mean, you had the Great War at the time. Yeah. To be fair. To be fair. You had to be a pretty good athlete to live through a war, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So I'm sure the best soldiers were probably pretty good athletes. So there was some good competition left. But, I mean, obviously, the point you're making is quite valid. Otani is sitting with a 4-1 record. He only got four wins, but he don't lose them. Okay. For example, I can see your page from here. 2021, Otani, the pitcher, has an ERA plus of 132. Babe Ruth only got better than that one year of his career. That's insane to me. Here's your baseball talk. I love it. He's the best thing to ever happen. There's no hyperbole there. He's literally the best thing. I watch Angels games. Weird. (laughs) Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. Playing again with I-9 Sports, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We're back on the program. We're live from Bourbon and Boots, intersection of 4th and Central. Had a lot of fun the first two hours. We're going to wrap the last one up strong. Rich Bach will be joining us at some point. So he's on his way. Albuquerque time, baby. Got to love it. Time. So when he's in, we'll sneak him in. Unless it's at 1030, because that's when Jamie Lena, I-9 Sports, will be joining us via the Graphic Connection Hotline. We'll be talking about youth athletics here in the city. Staff starting to pour in here at the Bourbon and Boots. They're preparing for the day. Come eat lunch with your boys. We're going to be eating at about 11. We're going to eat right after the program. If you're not following us on social media, everything's at TalkABQ. You can see our – actually, we got our setup. You can see our little setup. It's pretty nice. Yeah, not so bad. Ooh, not so bad. Shout out to Cooper who came on the program earlier. We were talking about clean coops, Cooper Hill. Had the girlfriend in the car this week, and she said – what is this, clean? I said, yes. I do keep the car very clean, though, traditionally. I'm a little weird about it. I don't know if this is breaking news or not, Van. Okay. But this article is published one hour ago, okay? Ba, 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 ba. Are you familiar with NPR? Sure. That's our source on this I'm one. a fan. A week before the opening ceremony... Coronavirus turns up at Tokyo's Olympic Village. <sighs> you understand how the Olympics work? Do you need me to break it down for you? Uh, please. Okay. So to have the Olympics, a city has to bid. Okay? Okay. So it used to be you would get dozens of bids, and there was like a huge process, and a committee would select a city to host it. It hasn't really been that way in years. Cities don't want it anymore, and the requirements for it are so strenuous that it's often flubbed in a financial 
an economic disaster for the hosting city. The one exception to that is Sydney. Sydney, Australia took all their Olympic venues, converted them into like apartment venues and recreation facilities and really blossomed a downtown that is the example for the class. Everyone else, apocalyptic. I'll tell you what, them Aussies do it right. They did it so well. So Tokyo. They they don't take their lives for granted. Because everything in Australia is trying to kill them. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. I don't know if you saw, but two bull sharks swam all the way up from the Gulf of uh, the Gulf of Mexico to St. Louis, Missouri, this past week. Oh, up really? The Mississippi River. Want to check out some barbecue or what? Shark barbecue. Shark, shark acute. <laughs> so they wanted some. Uh, what did what are the fried ravioli? That's, that's what they do in St. Louis, yeah, right? We do that. Yeah. yeah, fried ravioli. That's what they wanted to it's try. Delicious. So. The Olympics, you have to you have to build multiple venues. You need swimming and diving and all these facilities that are kind of one-offy. Uh, you often have, like, facilities that don't need a lot of adjustment, right? So you have, like, table tennis. Well, what do you really need? Just a big open room, really? And paddles. Paddles. A ball. Yeah, so you just put it in a convention center. You call it done. Yeah. But one of the requirements is every competitor has to live within, has to stay within one mile from where their event is being hosted. Well, I mean, not one mile, one hour. Oh, okay. I apologize. So they have to be within a one-hour commute of wherever their event is held, okay? So these towns create an Olympic village that has no access to uh, tourists, has no access to fans, has no access to media. It is a safe haven for focus. And there's a lot of weird requirements in there. You have to have, like, all free of charge. Groceries and nutrition places and haircut places and uh, all the things that go along with that. Massage and blah, blah, blah. Fill a in lot the of condoms. Yes, we, that as we well. We covered this on the show before. <laughs> that is 100% it takes a lot of condoms true. to run the Olympics. So it takes a lot of contractors to build all this. It takes the city to put it together. The, the book on how to do it is like 300 pages thick, man. I'm not joking. The index on it is like 150 different things. And they all have a director. Like, this is a an endeavor. So when you cancel it last year because of COVID-19, I mean, that's a huge deal. That's the biggest inconvenience of all inconvenience. And you've had a year. You've had a year to prep. Well, like, the bottoms is falling out of swimming pools now. They weren't built to last. They weren't built to last that amount of time because they're, like, built for one-offs. So these facilities are not, like, prepared for this. And now as all these athletes are starting to pour in, by the way, did you know there's 80,000 journalists at this? That makes sense. 80,000. So as all these people start pouring in, yeah, you're going to have some positive COVID-19 tests, right? It's mostly been contractors. It's mostly been media members. It's mostly been Olympic Committee people. Today, the first Olympic athlete tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, no. The person has been moved from the Olympic Village to be quarantined in a hotel. They will be quarantined for 14 days in said hotel. The identity and nationality was not revealed. But obviously, it's not a Japanese competitor. It's someone from overseas. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
this is going to be a disaster. Like Bradley Beal's out on the men's Olympic team. And Kevin Love. Yeah, and Kevin Love. Yeah. Your Olympian Jamal, Jamal McGill is here. I don't even know who that is. JaVale McGee? Thank you. Okay. Let's play for the Warriors during their five-year run. There you go. Yeah, this, this thing's, thing's a mess. Trouble. This thing is in so much trouble. There's 11,000 athletes living in this village because the way Tokyo has a set, Tokyo is very condensed. All the events are within one hour of this thing. You're going to put 11,000 people in this one spot. Very efficient subway system, though, but I doubt that they can take the subway. I don't think they do. With the COVID scare. There's a declared state of emergency currently in Japan. And the bubble can work. Like we saw with the NBA. Sure. COVID wasn't then what it is now. Worldwide, millions of people. I said it was a 300-page playbook on how to do the Olympics. Uh-huh. According to this NPR article, it's only 70. But you get the point. You're not a reader, so 70 to you is probably like 300. I struggle with numbers. <laughs> yeah. She's seen me try to count calories. They're so worried about this, they're not even handing medals over. You're just going to mail them later? No, you have to, like... You have to, like, get it off a tray and put it on yourself. You know, it's like a, that's like a traditional Olympic thing, right? Like, they put the medal over you. Yeah. No. It's like being knighted. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just like, hey, reach in there and fondle around until you get one. It's, they're going to start knighting themselves as well in England. <sighs> Are those swords sharp? I mean, they've been uh, baptizing kids with water guns during COVID. I think that's this isn't that bad as that. I didn't know that. I mean, I put a necklace on myself. That's not that big of a deal. Didn't know that was true, what you just said. The games start in less than one week. Next Friday. On this program, one week from today, we'll be talking about the opening ceremonies, which happened yesterday. But who's going to be at it? Bob Costas. (laughs) It's a very good answer. Mike Chirico. But, like, do, like, are the fans, or excuse me, there's no fans in the stands. So, like, are the athletes going to walk? Are you going to have, like, lots of performers? I, I don't know. I don't get it. Hopefully it's all, like, anime. If they just, like, do the cartoon versions. Like Pokemon style. Yeah, Pokemon yeah. style, Dragon Ball Z style. Opening ceremonies where they I just draw all the athletes. The Americans should be used to this because, remember, last year a couple of sports, NHL, NBA had bubbles. So this is kind of what it's looking like. I mean, the Japanese, the way- the, the Japanese government doesn't even want their local fans to just express any yell. You're not supposed to yell. Did you see that? One of the requirements for That's going a- to a venue. Is that unreal? Yeah. How do you um, not keep quiet when someone's making a shot or something? Well, well they're a very restrained culture. Yeah, very restrained. They don't. Yeah. Bra- they're not braggadocious. Sure. Humble people. Yeah. Humble, hard. Yeah, but could you guys people. do that watching like a baseball Swedes. game? I couldn't watch in a basketball game. Keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, have you ever tried being a Pirates fan? Yeah, that helps. Yeah, that they keeps do that you a lot. quiet. They don't got a lot to cheer about. I think I had told you this, guys, when we brought this up last time. That's how their pro wrestling culture is. Like, they have entire pro wrestling events where their fans sit the entire time. It's so weird to me. Yeah. They don't, like, entrance music doesn't go off and the crowd goes, Oh, my God. God, I can't. John Cena with a chair. Oh, my God. They don't have that. They're not going to have the Olympics. Somebody is going to win an Olympic medal, gold, silver, or bronze, because someone else was COVID-y. Sure. The COVID medal is what they're going to win. You'll work hard your whole life. And then Simone Biles is out, and someone else wins. Yeah. Okay. That's the Olympics we want? Oh, no. That's the Olympics we're getting? Yes. It's better than nothing. You know me, Fred. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I've recently become not that. Yeah, I could tell. I'm an old man <laughs> slow. Yeah. yeah. I do find you quite often waving your fist at the youth. I yelled at Grand a cloud. Torino style. I wanted to bask in the sun the other day. There was a cloud in front of the sun, and I yelled at it. How'd that work out? I said, don't, I said, don't cast shade on me. Don't throw shade? Yeah. So yeah. I said to the cloud. <laughs> That's literally what they do. Too weird. Speaking of weird, this gentleman of the street is getting into a very heated argument with the bumper of my car. Central and... I'm not sure who's winning. The city is alive right now. But my bumper is putting up a pretty good fight. Let's grab a break. We're about 15 minutes away from Jamie Lena, I-9 Sports. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots. We're on the road this week with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. And we're playing again with I-9 Sports. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. We're back on the program. See Shohei Otani donated his home run derby whatever to like staffers with the Angels. I did. Kind of cool. cool. Kind of a cool thing. He was 150 grand. Gave it to more than a couple dozen people, including clubhouse staff, trainers, members of the media relations department. Another good Shohei Otani story. Did you see that MLB is auctioning off signed All-Star jerseys? No, I did not. As of yesterday, the second highest total was Fernando Tatis Jr. Okay. At $2,500. And all of that's going to charity. Go MLB. The number one selling or the number one auctioned value for mm-hmm. the jersey is Shohei Otani at a hundred and eleven thousand. Ooh, that is significantly more. Twenty five thousand is that you said or twenty five hundred? Twenty five hundred. So for tw- Tatis Jr., a hundred eleven thousand for Shohei Otani. Twenty five hundred is only twenty four hundred and seventy six more. Than the number of runs that the Padres hung on the Washington Nationals yesterday. Coming in hot for the second half. 24 to 8. 
If you don't know who Jake Cronenworth is, you I saw, do. You saw all of his hits yesterday. As he went for the cycle. He got one of each. Yeah, I got them all. He got one of each. Tommy Fan had four of them. When you scored twenty four runs, everyone had a bunch of them. Send your guys to the All Star game; it'll fix their swing. This is how bad of a game it was. <laughs> hey, Fred. If you score eight runs, mm-hmm. you're going to win a lot of baseball games. Uh, Bill James would agree with you. Not yesterday when the team you're playing scores 24. That's a football score. <laughs> 24 to 8? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how they get the safety? No, man. That, come on. The Padres had a guy hit for the cycle in four at-bats. They took him out of the game and replaced him in the seventh inning because he did it all already. They had a guy get seven RBIs. They had a guy score five runs. They did all of the stuff. They were hitting grand slammers in, like, the second inning. They were like, thanks for playing today, fellas. Quick hitters as we're moving around before Jamie Lynn joins us at 10 minutes for my nine sports. The NFL has decided in 2021 that they're now going to put a bunch of, like, funding into studies to keep hamstrings on players. Bo Jackson is now relieved. <laughs> you see what Bo Jackson said this week? No, I didn't see it. He said if he's in the NFL now, he'd have 350 yards a game. Yes. And I don't disagree I with I don't him. either. Yeah. Especially with his robot hips. Do you see how big these dudes are? The muscle capacity on NFL player is unreal. They're fit. Like, if you've not been around an NFL player, you don't understand the size. I don't just mean, like, vertically. I mean, like, them boys thick. Well, they look like you in with shape. 100 extra pounds of muscle. Yeah. Yeah. You know why The Rock looks so big in movies? Because no one else is doing what The Rock is doing. No, he looks so big in movies because Kevin Hart is in every yes, movie. he's very little. Yeah. <laughs> Casting directors are like, we want both Yen and Yang. Can you guys provide that? It's like oh. Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Yes, that's what it is. In the movie it's literally what it is. It's like in the original Space Jam, the one that doesn't suck. It's like, yeah, it's like you Sean Bradley you seen it. and Muggsy Pope. <laughs> that's a good point. How do you know? Hamstrings just jump off bones because your muscles get so big that your ligaments can't hold them on no more. They can't hold the muscles together. No. Yeah. And these players are like, forget yoga. That's for the ladies. Uh Uh-huh. You wish you were doing yoga when your hamstring snaps. And the guys that are like real, like limber, the guys whose bodies do stick together, they can keep playing. Tom Brady allegedly plays an entire season last season with a knee injury that keeps you from, like, hiking. Yeah. Yeah. I had a torn meniscus, and I was out for a month. Tom Brady has a torn MCL, and he won a Super Bowl. You have said the phrase to me, no, Fred, I can't play disc golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't twist on my knee because it's just bone on bone. I'm better now. Oh, are you? He got better. Are you better? Yeah. Mostly. I mean, physically. 
Tom Brady goes out there. Every play, every snap he takes could be the last snap of his career. Knee could just fall off. He's like, don't worry about it. I'm just going to win. Just going to win. Just going to win a Super Bowl. No big deal. I guarantee you the the results of this study. I know what they're going to be. What's that? Don't be this giant, big, and strong. <laughs> the results are going to say maybe you should look a little more like your mailman, like Tom Brady. The number one time loss injury in the NFL is hamstrings. They're too tight. They're too tight. Too tight. Stretch them out. That's, you ever that's seen the main pop? muscle in the back of your leg. Ugh. Some might say it's the only one, but. I have no idea. I don't know how the human body is constructed. Anything to prevent injury and time loss, I'm about. Preventing injury? Yeah, I love that. I don't want people walking around hurt all the time. No. You ever been hurt? Yeah, all the time. It's not cool. It sucks. And the thing about, like, these researches and these efforts and stuff, that's one that NFL players can be like, I get it. They're going to be like, yeah, let's fix that because that's the thing that affects my, affects my performance. You also get a lot of, like, like research into, like, other types of energies and, and like, players don't care. Like, oh, you're going to do research into traumatic brain injuries? We don't care. We don't see the effects right away. The only, the only pain I can recognize is physical pain. Right. Do you remember when Bo Jackson's, like, hamstrings exploded? I guess those were quads. It's, yeah, then hip. Yeah. Yeah. Just disgusting. He was too much of a freak athlete for that time. Him, Bo Jackson and Lawrence Taylor were cut from a different cloth yeah. then. And the Boz. Now everyone looks like that. Yeah. Christian Okoye. Yeah. Nigerian nightmare. <laughs> if you know, loyal listener, if you know who Christian Okoye is, you're as old as us. Yes, you're a sports fan. <laughs> and cheers to you. Come down to Bourbon and Boots. I'll buy you a beer. Show up with your Krishna Koye jersey. I'll get your whole tab. If you have a Krishna Koye rookie card, bring it down here. I'll give you 12 bucks <laughs> yeah. and buy you a beer. <laughs> we'll put a picture on Instagram. Put that $12 behind sponsored post. Become so famous. When guys do get hurt in the NFL, they would go back to this Tom Brady thing real quick. There's, like, times you talk about it, right? You talk about, like, a guy, oh, he's got a uh, whatever. He's got a whatever. He's out. But then when it's, like, your star dude, your franchise dude, there's, like, two trains of thought where it's, like, Bill Belichick's, like, Tom Brady's on the injury report every week. You're, like, no, he's not. He's fine. You go down to Tampa, he's legitimately injured. They don't even put him on at one time. First of all, NFL, I thought you had rules about that. Yeah, there will be a fine coming. What's the fine, though? The fine seems dumb to me because you know there's lots of players that aren't getting on that list. 100,000. Who's your third tight end? No no one ever puts the third tight end's injury on the injury report. you got to be like, of what status to, to matter? Starter? Superstar and golf pro Tom Brady? I would say starter. I, I really don't know. No clue. And the fines are so minuscule. Don't matter. It's like like us getting fined $12 for talking bad about Black Widow. 
Which like, that's want. what happens when they fake injuries and they get <laughs> and they get fined. It's like you got fined twenty thousand dollars. I'm like, so what? His twenty grand is my twelve dollars. Nobody cares. The Green Bay Packers did their, you know, they're like publicly owned, quote sure. unquote, publicly owned. So they put out like their financial earnings for the COVID nineteen season last year. I'll tell you what, I ain't going to support that socialist organization. You're describing the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Their revenues, quote unquote, plummet nearly twenty seven percent. You can extrapolate that information to every team across the league. Is this from COVID last year? Yeah. Or is this from Aaron Rodgers' mystery? I think it's from playing home games without fans. Ah. Four point nine million in expenses. Three no, excuse me. Four hundred and nine million in expenses. Four hundred and nine million in expenses. And only three hundred and seventy one million in revenues. The first time since two thousand that the team spent more money than it brought in. So they didn't make all that money back on Jordan Love jerseys? Is that what you're telling me? The year before, so 2019, they brought in $500 million in revenue. And I think that's the first year without a profit in almost 20 years, being a Packers fan says. here. Yeah, 21 years there. What did they do in 2000? What did they do so wrong then? Drafted uh, – Ma Green. Who would they? Uh, <laughs> who would have been in two thousand? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who would have been the big move in two thousand. Is that the year they traded for Rod Woodson Charles or Charles Woods. Woodson? Charles Woodson. No, he was still in Oakland because yeah. they were in the Super Bowl there. Correct. What was the big two thousand move for the Packers? I can't think. Reggie yeah, White had already I, been there a couple yeah, of years. I can't Sorry, remember. I literally have no idea. Andre Freeman get a big deal that year. Yeah, he's after that. Anyways. Anyway. So, so you know the entire NFL is down. Sure. Yeah. Almost every business except for Amazon is down. Richard Branson, he went way up. Nice. Got you. Got it. Two minutes away from Jamie Lynn of I-9 Sports joining us. Talk youth athletics here in the community. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots. We're on the road this week at Chisholm Trail RV, powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection hotline. We're playing again with I-9 Sports. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We're back on the program. We're able to bring you the program every single week from friends of the show. One of those friends of the show, one of those friends of my real life is Jamie Lynn. He's the owner-operator of I-9 Sports here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you're not familiar with I-9, we're about to give you uh, kind of the up and down of it, but it's New Mexico's premier youth sports league. They got the soccer, they got the flag football, basketball, and cheer, and volleyball, and, and lacrosse. And you can be like three years old, Van, or you can be like 14 years old. It doesn't matter. Servicing Rio Rancho, Albuquerque, and Edgewood. Joining us now, Jamie. Good morning, Jamie. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. How are you? We are having the best time. We're live from Bourbon and Boots, the intersection of Fourth and Central. We've had a we've had a couple guests on today. We're having a lot of fun. Um, but we were talking earlier this week about youth sports, and we decided to reach out to you. July was like that magical month. Like everything's open, the restrictions are gone. So, how is I nine reacting? How is youth sports in the community, and what are you guys doing to help? 
Well, luckily, uh, we did, you know, as much as we could even during the pandemic, even under the crazy restrictions. And so we just kept on going. And the second that the restrictions were lifted, it definitely made a lot more parents comfortable in joining us back on the field and, you know, in the courts and and getting active again and getting those kids out there, which is the most important part is, uh, you know, keeping kids active and having fun. Jamie, you guys did such an amazing job during COVID keeping the kids safe. And I just want to give you guys a really big kudo for that. And what are you guys doing now pivoting out of it? What does it look like now for you guys? So honestly, because we did do, um, you know, I wouldn't say the entirety of COVID because there was a whole section of time where nobody was allowed to do anything. There wasn't restrictions. It was just a flat no. But um, we have kept the majority of those uh, safety procedures in place that are just, you know, common sense now for us, common sense, you know, keeping things disinfected, making sure everybody has sanitizer available, reminding people if they're not comfortable coming out with no mask, especially if they're unvaccinated, they're welcome to still wear the mask. Um, But yeah, we've dropped the items that were more difficult to enact and made people a little more uncomfortable and were much, much more difficult for us as an organization having tiny little groups. And the biggest one was, you know, people really did enjoy doing long practices, but they looked forward to games. And the second we were allowed to have games again, that really uh, lit a fire for a lot of kids and parents. The office phone number is 505-312-4999. You can email i9sports, leagueoffice280 at i9sports.com. Jamie, you have a lot of longtime (laughs) families that have been a part of your programs. uh, Families put in their their oldest and then the youngest plays and then the youngest goes on and they bring in friends and you have a rich history in the community. But out of sight, out of mind, right? For those families that were with you for so very long before COVID, what is the experience at now? Is it similar to what they had before? Is it the same staff? Is it the same support? Like, are they missing out on what they love so much? No, you know, um, there's something we definitely learned during COVID is, you know, uh, you know, that phrase, people don't quit a company, they quit a boss. And we definitely learned that uh, the work we've put into creating a great team survived through the pandemic and people have gone back to the field and been able to see the same faces at the field. They call in, they get the same people in the office. We were completely honored to have all of, if not the majority of our staff roll right back uh, with us through COVID and after COVID. And, uh, you know, every, everything is always the same focus, right? It's how do we make sports fun for the kids first teach them sportsmanship so that they're good humans and create an environment where they can learn to love to be active for a lifetime. So even if we have kids for a short period of time, but we pass them on to other organizations as they become more uh, competitive, or if we're the place where they come play with their friends flag football, but maybe they're more serious in soccer, um, people are still getting to to see the same folks, feel that same vibe, and uh, we'll always keep the same goals and missions on our end. Jamie, I'm what one might refer to as lacrosse curious. Uh Are you able to go out and play as well, or is this just for the kids? So, yeah, we just just have kids lacrosse. So our lacrosse, (laughs) uh, it, it doesn't start as young as say soccer because it's a it takes a little bit more hand-eye coordination and foot coordination but we had uh, brought that 
to the community in hopes of exposing a new sport and um, opening more scholarship opportunities. And it's not that we're saying they're going to come out of I-9 ready for a scholarship, but if we don't teach them to love certain sports while they're younger and find the fun of it, then they won't progress through it anyway. Well, like what what, one of my favorite statistics, but not. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, what other sports and what other services do you guys provide? So we do flag football, soccer, basketball, t-ball, uh, cheer, volleyball, and lacrosse. And service-wise, uh, one of the things we'll probably introducing here very soon is a multi-sport discovery program where the littles can come to our field while we're running full-blown leagues and spend a couple weeks doing one sport and then a couple weeks doing another sport and another couple weeks doing a third sport with baseball, soccer, and football. Because oftentimes as parents, (laughs) we may have an idea of what our favorite sport is, and we lean towards putting kids in our favorite sport first. But sometimes you'll find out you're disappointed that you're – Little one's not uh, the biggest baseball fan like you are uh, and getting ready to hop right on that bandwagon. And uh, this gives them the opportunity to try more than one sport. But we also do camps and clinics depending on the time of year and, and what things that we have coming up. But our biggest thing is with the leagues, making sure it's one day a week so that kids can still get the full experience of practice and play no matter what a family schedule looks like. You know, people have lots of different kids and we can't just focus on one kid in one sport and be at every practice and every game. So we're, we're trying to make sure everybody can do this. Jamie, I'm very familiar with you. I'm very familiar with the history of I-9, but maybe friend of the show isn't. My question is, how long has I-9 been established here in Albuquerque, and what maybe set you apart from some similar organizations that I'm going to loosely deem as fly-by-night? So for us, we've been uh, in town here for 10 years. And something that sets us apart is that we are a full-time sports league. We are full-time in the office working to serve everybody in the community when it comes to buddy requests, coach requests, making sure we're there to uh, train coaches. We have site managers on site, sport coordinators on site. We have, um, you know, paid referees and, uh, Our main focus has always been the kids. I think for fall we have 11 locations that we'll be offering. And, again, that one-day-a-week program that makes it where no matter what, you can come play. It's equal playing time, no tryouts. And we are super, super strict on our sideline behavior. And, you know, people hear the word strict and they they think like, ooh, stuffy, and it's quite the opposite. We are there to make certain that – everybody has fun and everybody keeps a good attitude and that the goal is always leaving the kids better than we got them. Jamie, what do you say to the parent who's already go, go, go? And they're like, Oh my gosh, I don't have time for sports. We can't do rides. Do you have any accommodations like that? Or do you have like, I feel that your community is so strong that they can get past that. What would you tell that parent? So two things there. First thing I would say is that, 70% of kids will quit sports by the age of 12 if it's too much, right? And so that's already on the side of parents that are worried that they're not doing enough for their kid in sports, that, yes, we have a massive I-9 sports community, and they're always willing to help each other. And if it's a matter of 
needing help to get somewhere, you know, one day a week, we're there. If it's a matter of needing help paying for that sport so your kid can enjoy that, that one day a week, that one day a week is still enough to build a love of athletics and build a love of sports and get going in that direction. So I'd say don't don't quit. Don't not try because there's challenges. We're Like I said, we work full-time. Call us. You have challenges, we're going to be there. And knock on wood, right? Um, we work really hard um, in our nonprofit to make sure that we never, ever have and never will turn a kid away who needs assistance getting to, to play. So just remember that if 70% of kids quit sports by age 12, that number one reason is it's not fun, and the number two reason is too much pressure. So if we can at least try to get a kid going, even if it's if it's less time than a parent thinks they have to have to actually get enjoyment, um, that's not the case. They, they want to have fun. Fun is number one. When you talk about the nonprofit, real quick before we go to break, can you kind of give us an example of what the nonprofit corporation does for kids as it relates to I-9 sports? When it uh, relates to directly to I-9 sports, we make sure, we just make sure that nobody is ever in a position where, they're not playing because they can't afford it or they're not playing because um, someone can't help, you know, on the sidelines with their team. We do half scholarships. We do full scholarships. It just depends on each family's situation. We have a lot of people who they love sports and they get on the field and they coach these kids. And I'll tell you, when we have these great coaches, not one of them ever has to worry about finding a way to pay. They're contributing tenfold back to the future of everybody. Yeah. And when it comes to not directly I-9 related, um, we're really involved in our schools, in, in donating to the schools, being there for their activities, making sure they have we, – we have a really fun relationship with a number of schools where, okay, they want to do bristle robots. Well, we make sure we buy bristle robots for hundreds of second graders <laughs> or we have – uh, groups that want to make sure they can take a trip to Explora or the museum or, um, you know, we get phone calls all the time about schools that need their basketball courts restriked. We we do it. That, our job is to, to, to get it done for the kids in every way that we can. Jamie Lynn, thank you for having such an outstanding organization, I-9 Sports. 505-312-4999 or email leagueoffice280 at i9sports.com. Anything before we let you go? No, just a thank you guys for always supporting us and checking in on us and, and being a rock in the community for your end of things. We appreciate that a lot. Oh, very kind. Jamie Lynn, thank you very much. Thanks, thank Jamie. you. Jamie and her husband, Roger, are top tier. They're top for tier. For sure. For sure. When we get back, we're going to wrap this thing up, and we're going to do it with Rich Baca as he just entered the building. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from Bourbon and Boots downtown as we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Connect with us all the time in the Graphic Connection hotline, 505-246-0610. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we're playing it with the aforementioned nine, nine, I-9 Sports, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program, we're live from Bourbon and Boots, the intersection of fourth and central and you take this tim keller i just saw the the ticket like the parking meter guy walked by my car and i am paid up i'm paid up so like you like miss me with that tim (laughs) we're joined by the owner of bourbon and boots rich baca 
who we love to talk about your beautiful venue. We'd love to talk about the bar. We'd love to talk about the live entertainment. We would love to talk about the millions of positive things you have here. But I'm going to lead with how you went to the All-Star game and did not invite <laughs> me in van. Yeah, man, that was a great trip. It was kind of last minute. I got my tickets, like, last Thursday on SeatGeek. And we were like, yeah, it's close. Just jumped in the car and drove out there. You know, it's hard. It's, it's uh, rare that you get one so close to home where you're able to just – drive out real quick last minute and did SeatGeek just send you a notification was like do you like to party <laughs> they're like hey you like to spend money on overpriced tickets here you go <laughs> <laughs> we came down here monday night to bourbon and boots the intersection of fourth and central to watch the all-star or watch the home run derby brought a bunch of the boys down we sat not 30 <laughs> feet from where we're currently sitting and i text you and i'm like where are you at like let's like let's celebrate this thing <laughs> and you sent me a picture of the field you were there at yeah. the home run derby. I was, man. That was so cool. It was. It was. Uh, I enjoyed every minute of that, man. I think they hit somewhere around 350 home runs combined. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So it's a trip to see them just bomb away the whole three hours, just bombs and bombs and bombs. You catch a ball? You almost catch a ball? I didn't, man. We were kind of sitting down the third base line. Oh, okay. Um, to buy those tickets in left field where most of them go, or even right field, those tickets for the home run derby start around $900. Yeah. Was, oh, uh, wait. Yeah. And it's and it's heavy security to even go to try to get in behind them and try to get okay, one Okay, walk the, through there. No, they have it super secure, so. Hey, how hard do those kids go, like, shagging balls in the outfield? Oh, man. They're, <laughs> one got injured. They had to actually pause the uh, what? last round of the home run derby and yeah. go out there and carry a kid out. A t- like a Pete, Pete, yeah, Pete Alonzo popped a kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it was Pete Alonzo. And I felt bad because it was in the middle of him trying to win it. Yeah. It was literally his last his last crack at winning it. I mean, he went up after and hit six in a row to win. Speaking of winning it, you're winning it downtown right now as far as the evening entertainment game goes. And we're going to talk about a lot about lunch and brunch. But you guys are having so much fun here. There's a line here often. There's a crowd here every night. And it's like an eclectic crowd. You have – Everyone. Everyone's coming out. What, what's the entertainment? Yeah. What's the deals? What, why? Why is you it know, the spot? We mix it up. Our crazy nights when we have lines are Friday and Saturdays. That's when we go pure country bands. You know, there's some really good local talent here, and we like to rotate all of them. So every Friday, Saturday night, we have big bands. You can see we're on our stage right now. Um, and they, they pack it in. I mean, yeah. people come out just to see them, and you're right. It is, it is a different crowd than what you're used to seeing downtown. That's how I feel. So it's, it's kind of good, you know. Yeah. You want that. You want to diversify down here. You know, more places are opening up. Thankfully, you know, I, I, I don't believe in competition. I think the more things down here, the better Support. for I agree. downtown. You know, whatever it takes to get the heads down here and everyone kind of get a little bit of the love from the community and get some business, you know. There ain't a bar front down here that Van and I haven't had a drink in. But True. this is yeah, this is the one we frequent the most, and that's how we obviously made our first connection. Van, I see you. You you're scoping you mentioned the, yeah. that there's live music. We're <laughs> we're eighteen inches away from a drum set. So shout out to Nathaniel Krantz. Oh, you man. left your drum set here from last <laughs> night. I don't know if you got too hammered to put it in the van. <laughs> no, he has a he, he does Friday and Saturday night. Oh, there you know, we the, go. Nathaniel, okay. Nathaniel's really good. He in goes. Fact, in fact, he just got I I don't know if it was a social media competition, but he's going to open up for Florida Georgia Line at the Bloom Fiesta this year. Oh, Ooh, big deal. So, oh, big. A, so he's yeah, he's he's pretty up and coming, man. He's getting a lot of, you know, he's sponsored up there by Nickel Spirits. Um 
they're a local brand that they have great spirits. But yeah, he's he's starting to make a name for himself, man. I'm worried his prices are going to start going up. To tell you the truth, <laughs> you lock him in. Speaking, speaking of prices, the next caller on the Graphic Connection Hotline five zero five two four six zero six ten gets a fifty count it fifty dollar gift certificate to Bourbon and Boots. Is that food or food? Use and it booze? on brunch. Use it on lunch, or use yeah. it on some of the amazing I'm barbecue sure they have here. We could put it towards the whole tab. We'll have to confirm. Okay. The alcohol situation, but um, just because of the laws, I mean, I'll gladly yeah do it if I can. But yeah, fifty dollars either way, we'll work something out for you. The guys. food here hits. I ate an entire side of cow <laughs> here one day. It was just it was a butcher's block just covered in meat. Friday and Saturday nights, you got country bands. You have entertainment throughout the rest of the week. I've seen you this. know Sundays are the day we really try to push our brunch. We have um, Shane Wallen coming in tomorrow. He's super good too. He'll be here from twelve to three. He plays a variety. You know we go mm-hmm. we do pure country Friday Saturdays before brunches. We have Shane tomorrow from twelve to three, and then we bring in Craig Miller from four to seven. And they're both solo artists, but they have music going in the background, and they have a whole array of different music they play anything from the beatles to a country song to the chain smokers they uh they're they're both really talented and i think people would enjoy coming out having a bite to eat and watching these guys the interior is strong the patio is strong the food is strong the drinks are strong it's at or near my favorite place in the entire community well, uh the hispano chamber does events here you guys have bartending competitions here you there's there's literally something to entertain you every night of the week, so check that out. Yeah. Uh, when do you open during the week, Rich? What time? Um, we open Tuesday through Sunday at 11 a.m. Um, on Mondays, you know, we kind of let everyone decompress from the weekend, so we don't open until 4, and we try to push the industry night where we try to get all the people who work in the industry to come down. We give them 30% off their tabs if they have their server t- certificate on them. Yep. And we just kind of, How about know, a screenshot of it? Can I just have that? Is that good with you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if it matches their ID, you there know, you we're not <laughs> yeah. super yeah. stickler on it. If you guys make one at home and it looks legit, <laughs> we were we were down here for the home run derby last Monday. Uh, uh, obviously, you got the TVs to host it, but you had the audio up. That's uh, you don't always yeah. catch that everywhere. So we're able to get the commentary in the game. We laughed a lot. Yeah. We played a lot. So your wait staff's great. How difficult or how easy has it been to acquire? Like, like all your talent back. How how has that gone for you, like, you as know, the world's spinning again? We were truly blessed with getting our nucleus back. For example, Claudia is here right now bartending. She's one of our best. You know, she was here before the pandemic as soon as we opened. And she has a day job. So this is her side job, which we appreciate. And we got back 75 to 80% yeah. of all our original staff. And the ones we didn't get back, a couple of them moved out of town because they wanted to go get work you know so we've been blessed with staffing and we take care of our staff you know and i think that's why people like to work here you know where we make a good work environment for them and it's been like i said we've been lucky with our staff we're up at the end of the program here anything we missed anything we want to make sure we get to the friends of the show no just thank you guys so much just again to touch on your sports um i really am trying to get this into a sports bar vibe you know we got football season coming up you know, I'm going to start doing promotions and whatnot, try to get people down here on Sundays, Monday nights. You know, if you ever want to come in and watch a Major League Baseball game, or yep. we always have the – right now we're doing the finals. We always have some kind of sports. We're talking about bringing back some more UFC fights. There we go. We're just going to try to, you know, Rich that Baca, sports bar. <laughs> the owner of Bourbon and Boots, the intersection of 4th and Central. I love it. Vane, you love it? Oh, love it so much. Any final words before we let everyone go? Too much for the time allotted, my friends. Good job, everyone. (laughs) GG. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Appreciate it.